welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith, and thank you for listening. David is not here. He never is for this episode. It is the episode about the Academy Awards, and David could not be bothered. And increasingly, I'm envious of him. Um, <laughs> but somebody's got to steer this ship, and it's going to be me. So, uh, so yeah, uh, we will be talking about the Academy Awards. But first, I did want to say that this episode is brought to you by Mubi, a curated streaming service showing exceptional films from around the globe. Everyday, movies, uh, everyday movie premieres a new film, whether it's a timeless classic, a cult favorite, or an acclaimed masterpiece, a movie you've been dying to see, or one you've never heard of before, there are always 30 different films to discover. With Mubi, each and every film is hand-selected, so you'll never spend more time looking for something great to watch than actually watching something great. It's like your own personal film festival, streaming anytime, anywhere. Currently on streaming, pardon me, currently streaming on Mubi is Ben Wheatley's Sightseers, a film that the folks at Mubi describe as a serial killer jaunt. Uh, I have not seen the film, but I am familiar with uh, Kill List, which I absolutely adore. And I heard wonderful things about Sightseers, that it is uh, this quirky comedy that is also incredibly dark, which I would absolutely believe from Ben Wheatley. But anyway, so you can try uh, Mubi free for 30 days at Mubi.com slash Battleship. That's M-U-B-I.com slash Battleship uh, for a whole month of great cinema for free. Uh, or you can go to BattleshipPretension.com and click on the Mubi ad at the left-hand side. Okay, enough of that. I'm joking, of course. I'm actually always excited to talk about Mubi, as you should be, too. Uh, but yeah, David is not here, so we do have our our old favorites, our old standbys, uh, friend of the show, Jason Eakin. Hey, everybody. And, oh man, the, the, <laughs> the sleeper hit of last year... Ian Brill. Hello. I'm not saying. Am I, we, am I? Is my hit still sleeping? Is that? Well, is I this guess, a Rip Van Winkle situation? Uh, Starting slow. Uh, Starting uh, slow this year. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, no, that's uh, the number of people that emailed saying, about. Don't bring him back. About last year and about Fred Hitchcock. The thing is, I mean, it, just it was me. nuts. I have a similar kind of follow up to that. It takes us uh, to our in memoriam section because okay. we honored the great uh, Stan Lee. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, uh, honored twice, you could say, because of course, Spider Man into Enter the Spider Verse uh, won Best Animated Feature. Um, R.I.P. Stan Lee and, and Steve Ditko, who we lost uh, in 2018. But um, when Stan Lee passed away, uh, the Criterion Twitter posted a video where they talked to Stan about. Alan Renoir because he mm -hmm. and Alan Renoir were actually friends. And I think on like um, the Hiroshima Monomore oh, yeah, DVD, yeah. they might have had something with him. But before Stan talks about uh, Alain Ren Renoir, uh, he talks about in the 60s in the Marvel office, um, Federico Fellini comes by because he, I beg your pardon, folks. I, what I put the my hell is on. that? That was a <laughs> alarm to let me know if I'm telling a uh, boring story, <laughs> and I uh, made sure I go. Let's 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 see if we can do a little. Let's see if it was right or wrong. So in the '60s, Marvel comics are the biggest thing, and uh, Federico Fellini comes by the office, and uh, Stan talks about like my secretary called and, and and said we got this guy in here. His name is 
Felony? <laughs> Stan goes, what? you mean Fellini? Fred Fellini? And just the idea of Fred Fellini... <laughs> Like, I guess, yes. It's Frederico like people, is It's a George. whole other level of people saying, like, well, yeah, I was working on a movie with Bob De Niro. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. And also, Stan had never met. Fully. Right. He, just, right. he just saw, like, he just saw, like, the ads for, like, eight and a half for La Dolce Vita in the paper. He was like, oh, Fred Fellini's got a new one. <laughs> it just, it seems like, it's like, oh, uh, it's, my name is Federico. And then just, like. Through, ch- while chomping a cigar, like, how's it going there, Fred? Doing all right? <laughs> Surprised they didn't call him Freddy. Freddy Fellini. That's true, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's... Uh, it's just calling uh, these great directors Fred. Fred Hitchcock. Fred <laughs> Fellini. Uh, Fred Wiseman, right? Sure. I mean, no Wiseman. one's going to, like, Alfonso Cuaron just, just uh, was Alf. on... Yeah, no one's going to call him, like, uh, like, hey, here's Al Cuaron. <laughs> Like it, it's it doesn't we it's don't true. even Steven Spielberg he's not Steve Spielberg so that is true it's that's Stephen yeah mm-hmm. yeah and then we you don't the, hear about Stan Kubrick no <laughs> granted granted like Stanley is still kind of a dorky name but there's yeah. like like Stan Kubrick how's it going I sell uh, I sell <laughs> Buick I sell Buicks <laughs> you gotta Vacuums give a director you gotta oh, give him the yeah. whole the whole yeah. respect the whole name. Yeah. Um, Otherwise, the whole thing just, it just falls apart. I guess Sly Stallone, if you count, you know, the fact they directed Rocky two through four, I guess I, he's the only one. I don't immediately think of him as a director. I know he directed plenty of things. Rocky four is very directed. <laughs> so is Rocky three. Um, that reminds me. Uh, oh, but no, I told a, that story. That's already. a nickname born out of the actor. And also Sylvester sounds weird. Sorry right. to all the Sylvester's listening, but like when you say it by itself, yeah. Sylvester, I actually sounds <laughs> yeah. a little damn right more macho. Yeah, it does. It does feel like oh, you can call me Sly. It's like okay, Sylvester. <laughs> right. Yeah, don't try to get away with more than you deserve. All right. Um, Compensating anyway. for anything. <laughs> uh, that's my that's my Stallone. Um, okay. So before we uh, get started, I did want to say, um, and if David were here, he would uh, join me in this. Uh, very sad about uh, the comedian Brody Stevens, um, who we never had on the show, but we had spoken to him about being on the show many years ago, and it just never really worked out, and then that sort of went away. Uh, but he was always incredibly nice, and uh, as far as um, comedy itself, he was just a marvelous uh, comedian and just such a unique voice. Uh, if you if you listened to him for any length of time, you would start to do a Brody Stevens impression like, yeah. yes, absolutely. Yeah, which is it's a little almost bit. like this kind of Mitch Hedberg where, effect where yeah. they're, they're both comedians who we talk about like, you know, a, a comedian's voice. We're talking about their general approach, but yeah. to with them, uh, it was one of the same, the approach and the voice. I mean, one of the, uh, his favorite things to to say was like I should be getting laughs on cadence alone. Yeah, it's like absolutely <laughs> yes. Yeah. He's, yeah, and just he would he could get laughs. It's yeah. that that old that old idea of like a comedian doesn't say funny things; they say things funny. Yeah, I think that's oversimplifying, but there is something to be said for. You can get laughs on Cadence alone. He would. He was so invested. Eight one eight till I die, yeah. <laughs> and he would say like he would just list streets 
in the valley. Yeah. Hatteras. That's it. He would yeah. just say that. Magnolia. Like, hoping that people would be on his side, and, and uh, they were. I was. Yeah, I mean, he... Uh, I was lucky enough to see him a few times. I was lucky enough to see him do uh, audience warm-up, which he was known as one of the best audience warm-up uh, performers in, in, in the industry, because he can... There's There was always a strange kind of energy, because he would play with the neediest... The, the kind of the neediness that all comedians, you know, yeah. have, where he's like, I what is wrong with you? If you yeah. don't get me, you're stupid. Yeah, uh, is uh, something he said on his premium blend, <laughs> yeah. which was great. Yeah, um, but he could def- like he it, there was definitely um, going back to just like old comedy. He felt they felt like a master of ceremonies in that in yeah. that in but like a postmodern yeah. way. Not like you know, nothing nostalgic about it. It was it was very it, it, it worked for, you know, you know, a generation that's used to talking about themselves all the time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one of my favorite bits of his again, and his bits were never long. It was always yeah. just you like a setup, just a quick setup and punchline. And goes something I forget the setup, but it was something like I care. And so he was like, he was, I care about people. I watch when I see an accident on NASCAR, I call nine one one, get them there. <laughs> like that's, that, uh, that's definitely I think of too. Like he would play to this, this funny idea of, of, uh, um, a, a, a very caring, but kind of fun, like, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. like that's just like the, uh, a fun way to put it. Yeah. It's, uh, and so I will say that, uh, David texted me today about what next week's episode will be, uh, in, uh, as a tribute to Brody Stevens, we are going to talk about, uh, 818 movies, movies that take I place in the Valley and, uh, right. are very much about, yeah, the I assume one of those would be Magnolia. Oh yeah. yeah. Magnolia. Yeah. Absolutely. Which is funny. Cause that's so much of that film is about, not about, but inspired by like the Largo, uh, community oh, of like yeah. performers and comedians. And he was kind of in that circle yeah. as well. Well, and they have a warm up guy that's in true. the movie. Yeah. Who is the warm up guy in that? I forget. Uh, I don't know. It's somebody pretty old. Yeah. Like it's not Ricky Jay. Right. Yeah. He plays a different, uh, yeah, he different plays role, like but sort of, yeah. it's worth looking into. I'm sure it's somebody, uh, that I, I haven't seen Magnolia in so long. Um, okay. But anyway, today we're here to talk about the Academy Awards. There was, I feel like this ceremony more than maybe any ceremony in my life was heavily anticipated. There was so much stuff that happened before the actual ceremony. Yeah. There was, okay, well, let's just go through here. All right. There was the introduction of... Uh, best popular. Best popular film. Yeah. Okay. And then people mocked that, so that was quickly taken off the table. Yeah. There was... Uh, Ke- the Kevin, Kevin Hart, Hart as host, mm-hmm. and then people found some old tweets, uh, and so and he removed himself from that situation. Um, and then there was sort of talk that maybe he would end up yeah, coming. Yeah, back, the briefest but, of talk, and then that was squashed. Ellen ador- endorsed him. <laughs> yeah, that was the big uh, yeah. attempt. And so uh, there was that, and then uh, I don't remember if anybody else was in contention to be the host, or they just decided that there wouldn't be one it was well the thing is like even for kevin hart there's a thing where it's like it's been so long they haven't announced a host yet and i think maybe they went to a lot of people who said no because it feels like a lose-lose situation yeah i mean it's 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 unfortunate that there that at this point 
I don't know what it is about the Oscars as opposed to just general fame, but when you host, suddenly there's a target on your back. It's like, well, it's not like Kevin Hart wasn't famous until this moment. There's just something about stepping up and being like the face of this big event. Mm -hmm. And I don't know when that happened or why that happened, but it definitely happened this year. Um, And so I do think people, I think increasingly people see it as lose-lose. And we'll talk about the the ceremony not having a host uh, in a moment. But then there was the idea that certain categories, categories that to us, are huge, yeah. like editing and cinematography. Well, there was one before that. There was another controversy before that. Okay. Of not having certain songs played. That's right, yes. Uh-huh. That there was going to be Shallow and then another one, but that... All uh, the Black Panther song. Right. Which, ironically, was the only one not played. <laughs> yeah, which is... Uh, they just couldn't get uh, yeah. the performers schedules or something like that. Yeah, I thought that I... Like when they announced, I was like, I don't remember them playing the Black Panther song. Was I in the other room or something? That's exactly. Just kidding. Yeah. yeah, I guess they said it was logistics. Okay. All right. Well, that's good to know. So, uh, yeah, I forgot all about that one. And so, it just through. I mean, if you look at the through line here, put yeah. aside putting aside the Kevin Hart thing. If you look at the through line here, it's all. I'm gonna. I'm going to assume it's ABC being like we need more ratings and we need it to be shorter. Because we are going to play up what people know and play down what they don't. And they know Lady Gaga and they know Black Panther. Well, but it, it's a, I think it's a little trickier than that even because at least with the, the selection of what they weren't going to air, mm-hmm. someone sort of did the tally and ABC Disney had no nominees in those particular cat. It's not For like cinematography they went with, and editing. It's not yeah. like they went with all the short films. Like I right. could, as much as I hate to say it, I could understand that decision. Absolutely. That if they if if they had gone and and I bet you people wouldn't have had as much of a problem if it was just those three. Right. They I think they would understand that like um, of course it's a big deal for anybody yeah. winning that's that's a huge deal and it could and it could and it certainly still launch been, their career. It still would have been televised, but yeah. not quite in the same way. Yeah. And so it, it was a it was a very weird selection of. It's like how did they arrive at those four categories? Right. And just or maybe they just didn't want to beat up on all the little categories, so right. to speak. Right. So we'll take down some big ones right. and yeah. make things worse. Yeah. And and I'm not the only person that thought this. I think I think actually Guillermo del Toro himself tweeted something about this and that like okay, so cinematography and editing. So you're going to not televise the movie categories. Yeah, what makes exactly. a movie what it is? Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, and so. Uh, so yeah, that, that went away. And then I think, is that all of them? And so you wound up with, aside from the host thing, you wound up with a ceremony that was pretty much like all the other ceremonies. Um, as far as what was included, like imagine if, if this ceremony was everything that ABC tried to get it to be. Oh my God. Like it would be, it would be so different than what it was. Yeah. They kind of stuck with sort of the status quo, which I'm not opposed to. It means we would have gotten to see Whiskey Cavalier. Right. And by the way, folks, uh, for anyone listening, uh, after this show, we are going to, uh, you know, a very 
uh, happy to announce this. Jason and I are going to be doing the uh, Whiskaliers with the first Whiskey Cavalier fan podcast. <laughs> That's right. Uh, we'll be, of course, you know, weighing, oh, is Scott Foley as good here? Is he in Felicity? Is this Lauren Cohen's, uh, Cohen's best role? Or is that, you know, yeah. the last season of S.H.I.E.L.D.? I know you're a fan. Absolutely. Uh, you, you know, we're going to be talking about... these great moments in Walking Dead. And uh, absolutely. How, how to, it, it, is she going to appear as a zombie in a flashback is, in Whiskey Cavalier? Is she Cavalier? a zombie here that's powered by Whiskey? We don't know. We, it, it, we, we don't know. We, I mean, we got to save it. We got to save yeah. the good so stuff. So don't be cavalier with your podcast listening. <laughs> Get a glass of whiskey and sit down for Whiskaliers. That's right. The coming, newest podcast in soon. the Battleship Pretension coming, fleet. Oh, boy. Sponsored by ABC. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's... Uh, and, and, of course, you have the, uh, the, the best segment of the show, which is... Uh, what show is this again? <laughs> in which you try to remember what show you're talking about. And every time we can't remember, we take a drink. Right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> We're very cavalier <laughs> about, about that. About our drinking game, <coughs> uh, which we times. play with gin. Um, did you say with Jen, my wife, or with Jen? No, Both. with Liam Neeson's character from <laughs> The Phantom Menace, Quagon Jen. We refer to them by their last name first. Here's That's here's, how Jedis are supposed to do it. They don't, you know, it's... That's their culture. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, look. also we think that Whiskey Cavalier might be sort of a backdoor uh, entry into the Star Wars. Yes, universe. let's not forget that ABC absolutely owns it's Star all Wars content. <laughs> We've already had one character named after an alcoholic drink. Jim Whiskey. That's also, the I call beers Kenobi. So technically, we've had two. But Lucas doesn't know about that. At least not yet. We'll see how you know this podcast yeah. goes. Um, he does try to stay up on his Oscar recap Dan podcast. Spielberg apparently listens to everything or reads every new like movie site. I have heard I mean, that. He, yes. Like he's a dude who keeps up with everything. Well, there's not time enough for that to possibly be true. No, I mean uh, he, he doesn't. He's not like on the set of Ready Player One doing it. But <laughs> uh, are you sure? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> And then they said, uh, "Mr. Sp Steve, uh, we're shooting Steve the uh, we're shooting the Stan Kubrick sequence." And he goes, "Oh, okay, I'll pay attention for that one." Yeah. Are we done? Okay, back to my fan mail uh, and tweets about me. Sorry, I didn't care for much uh, much no, for right. Ready Player One. It was a uh, silly I, film. I I really liked the uh, the race. The scene. race that was a cool oh, scene. That was a great. Yeah, but scene. that was a scene like, oh, Spielberg can do that. But everything else was like. Yeah, all of the, I mean, all of the effects-heavy moments is where he seemed it, engaged. Yeah. As opposed to working it, it with It seems actors. like he was mad that most people didn't see Tintin. I did. I actually quite liked it. Um, I didn't, and I he, didn't care for it. And, and he was like, I'm going to give and you I the hated, fucking Tintin. I hated that action one. I can't stand action oneers. I think that's become my, my new position. But I hate that shot. Ugh. In Tintin? In Tintin. Oh, okay. It's tech it's technically whatever, but the fact that it's not even taking place in Yeah, when it's animated, it's like, you're like, well, yeah, yeah who the cares? whole movie could be one sh it doesn't matter. it's just rendering. Yeah. It's just a render. It doesn't matter. A lot of people working hard down in those weather offices or wherever. <laughs> anyway, I think I was trying to I was mentally making a link between the action in Tintin, which yeah. you liked for God knows why, uh, and like big the, old moving mansion. That's yeah. great. All the stuff on the boat. <laughs> I saw it on a plane, <laughs> which admittedly probably wasn't the best way to watch it. No, 
Come on. On a screen roughly the size of my phone. Yeah. The only way to watch Tintin on a plane if it, was, if it was like being like targeted by Nazis and you have to parachute out like that. That would that would be a Tintin plane experience. That's the kind of thing Tintin would yeah. get caught up in. Here's okay, real quick. Uh, this is something that I was thinking about during the ceremony because we all regularly like throw out jokes and that sort of thing during the ceremony. And one of the things Ian, I am silent if, and respectful. Uh, it's off-putting. I feel like <laughs> I feel like uh, you're judging me. I feel judged by you. That when is I'm the point. Making my jokes. Um, but uh, one thing, Ian, if you'll pardon me, one thing I love about you is that at any moment the joke you make could include a reference to something from 40 years ago <laughs> that no one would ever make that connection but it's all there like there's no timeline in your head I was everything say, it's is all happening present. now for <laughs> exactly you. you exist you're like god you exist outside of time and every reference is is the most current thing you've ever heard it's it's probably the fact that i watch too much doctor who and that's a character <laughs> there you go. who is constantly bouncing around every different time period mm. is something i find uh, magical and wonderful and perhaps i am trying to capture a bit of that all right well it's coming through i've never watched doctor who and i probably never will but maybe you'll watch the episode with best actress winner olivia coleman uh it's possible yeah let's start with that well done uh that was there were a few surprises yeah. you know as as predictable as last including year was best picture including best picture uh yeah, as as predictable as last year's ceremony was, this one there were actually some some surprises. Um, not all of them were completely out of left field. I mean, it's usually oh the num the the top choice didn't win; it was the next one. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not as though picture wound up going to vice or something sure, like that yeah. like that was never really in contention it was mm -mm. if it wasn't going to be roma it was going to be green book for picture um if, from a producers guild standpoint like it was that was the one that was kind of talked about with like sort of tonight the three of us had, you know everybody at the party we were, we were talking about like a possible dark horse bohemian rhapsody uh best picture win because there was so much support for it but and um, since it did win the the sag ensemble award i thought that was black panther did it no i thought it was bohemian rhapsody i think it was black panther because i remember I, the reading about black panther winning okay is there two things where it's like one's drama one's so. oh now I, yeah now i don't it's remember like the golden globes but um but yeah, one surprise was Olivia Coleman winning over Glenn Close. Mm -hmm. um, now, as far as the critics and awards, winning over Lady Gaga, who's a huge favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's early on. Lady Gaga was winning a lot of stuff, and then yeah. critics. Olivia Coleman won plenty of critic stuff. Yeah. Once it pivoted to industry, it was all Glenn Close. Yeah. And she was definitely. No, you guys are completely right. I oh, don't okay. know what the hell I'm thinking. Um, so Glenn Close was definitely the front runner, and so for Olivia Coleman to win, because we were also mentioning that it would it seemed that the favorite was going to get totally shut out, uh, and then when she won, it was mm -hmm. very surprising part. And on a single level, it was off putting for me because I had Glenn Close in my Oscar draft. Not that I was going to win, but anyway. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but her speech was really wonderful. It's because I get the impression she didn't think she was going to win either. Um, yeah. And the way that she, and she even addressed Glenn Close in her speech, and she's like, you've been an idol of mine. This is not how I wanted this it to It is go. weird if yeah. you're, you know, it, you, know you, you see yourself on a continuum, and, and I can imagine for people in, 
even people in their 40s and 50s going to that and seeing people they grew up with um and you're in a weird place where you beat out you know someone yeah who you grew up and inspired you and uh, she must see it as such a fluke that she was not it's it, this is not to speak ill of her, but the the type of career she had, it's not an Oscar it's not an Oscar winning best lead actress career. It's maybe someday she gets a supporting actress nomination. Yeah, maybe she's uh, in the Richard E. Grant sure. type of career yeah. track. Um, That's and so, kind of what you would think. So when she said she even says in her speech, she's she's talking to her, I think her kids, and yeah. she's like, she goes, This is never going to happen again. Yeah. Which is a fun little bit of humility, but I do think there's like this is a wonderful development for her, but one I don't think she ever thought was going to happen. I mean, yeah, I mean, she uh, and Richard E. Grant, to some extent, too, are two British actors who stayed mostly, uh, in the case of Olivia Coleman, I think, totally stayed in Britain, which is mm-hmm. it's a lot of television. She's known for Broadchurch um, and even like, you know, radio and theater. And and it's a very comfortable living and and probably a lot of stimulating work but you just figure oscars aren't a part of it yeah. you know you'll get a you'll get invited to the bafta you'll get maybe yeah. something nice for your television role in the bafta uh, yeah. but that's it and kudos to yorgos lanthimos because yep. you've you've already got two stars yeah in the movie i could see there being a little bit of pressure to be like hey well you've already got two like why would you not cast another star as the, the queen, as the queen, queen and yeah. like, the character that they're why are we giving for? that to yeah. this character actor and then we're gonna really play that her yeah. up for awards that's gonna be a lot harder yeah you know it's like or maybe we need like i can just i can just imagine all the notes of like oh well could you know could emma stone or or rachel vice be a little bit bigger so that they're the lead and mm-hmm. all of those conversations and, and it reminds me a little bit of um, at least how I felt about a decade ago when Christoph Waltz just came onto the scene. Yeah. yeah. And it sort of seemed like, you know, uh, Inglorious Bastards would be his sort of one. And then he'd have yeah. a career as a Bond villain, which yeah. he eventually did. But then he got he got another one. And yeah. it's like he's he's popped up and really and done really good work in, in a lot more stuff than I think I expected him to. Yeah, I mean, when you honestly like when you hear his accent and you see the type of on-screen presence he is, you feel like he probably is pretty limited. And then you realize, right. oh no, there's a lot more to him than I thought. And and it's exciting when when the 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 doors are open. Like Olivia Coleman's going to get a lot more work now. Not yeah. that she wasn't getting work before. She's going to get a lot higher profile work, and I think she's going to get an opportunity. Yeah. to do more so like i mean interestingly well, and, enough the yeah. idea of her saying this is this is not going to happen again it's like well the fact that it happened once means that it could very well happen again yeah. like why else it could honestly position you yeah. in a situation where it could or she could is she who's uh who's taking over in the crown oh i don't remember oh i think it is isn't it yeah, I think or, it is. yeah is it it's her or she's taking over the not the queen, maybe another role, but I believe it's her. Okay. Right? Hmm. But it's, it's something like that. Folks, I don't watch happen. The Crown. Oh, there's so many I, shows I these days. Yeah. There's so many. I can't keep up. <laughs> so tired. I don't even know what Crown is. Is it Triple Crown? Is it What, what is it? 
It's the triple crown. Okay. It's not someone, someone to go to Burger King and just being like, Oh, that's nice. No, it's that it's too. Oh, okay. It's every possible interpretation of it's the It's all about crown. crowns. It's yeah. like the show gun presented by Robert Altman for a season where it's about one gun going to uh, right. different people. This yeah. is about one Burger King crown. Yeah, right. just from one kid after another, spreading lice everywhere it goes. Absolutely, <laughs> one is part of the BK BK Kids Club, and he, you know, obviously his favorite character is Vid Kid, and uh, this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> another one hates the BK Kids Club because he thinks like they're laughing at him, especially Kid Vid. We all know. <laughs> And then uh, it's 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 really a wonderful show. What a time! The crown is just on a whopper. Not even a, <laughs> and then it has a beautiful and it has a beautiful inner monologue yeah. by uh, 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 Fred Fellini. Yeah, actually, he comes back. <laughs> he does. It's a lot of recorded, uh, you know, recorded interviews, and then they they, they tape mash, the words yeah. together. It's like when Roger Ebert couldn't speak. Right. Yeah. 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 Which boy, I. A lot of okay, it came from thing. Fellini's Twitter feed. This has nothing to do with the Oscars, except he's a movie critic. If you were one of the people working on that Roger Ebert thing where they took all his TV footage yeah. and you put together the words, how tempted are you to give him Gene Siskel's voice? Just, <laughs> <laughs> like, you give him the voice and you're there and, he, and it's Gene Siskel and he just throws at your head oh my your pardon, like as if it was a cup full of ice thrown on the floor he just sorry folks we've had uh, my theatricality of You're punking just, a exactly, sick old man this is exactly the type of production value you can expect on Whiskaliers that's right the premiere ABC. Whiskey Cavalier presented by ABC and Stamps.com go to Stamps.com slash Whiskalier slash ABC yes right Disney ABC has bought stamps.com. Right. It's going to be exciting. The new stamps.com. That's right. And don't forget to get your Mac Weldon Whiskalier underwear. <laughs> Folks. Microfiber or whatever. ABC has, Disney has taken over stamps.com. And you know what that means. Hour long videos on YouTube about how Disney has ruined stamps.com. <laughs> You're looking forward to it. So am I. <laughs> There is, speaking of the commercials, and I realize that, uh, you know, I, I, it's the Oscars. I assume many of us are seeing, we're all seeing the same commercials. Like, they're national Do you think yeah, you're hallucinating? No, I, I didn't mean in the room. I meant, like, what around the country. I mean, around the country. Commercial for ghost knives. <laughs> you know, it sounds very effective, first like, of all. It's like, it's weird. That it's a real coup that they were able to book my father. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a commercial for If Beale Street Could Talk is just about a street with a mouth opening. That's not what that's not. It's really it? nightmarish. It's not um, in the movie, folks. You can go see it. That so, won't happen. So uh but yeah, something that we observed is like so many of the commercials were about uh like Google or just various devices. Google ruining movies. Google ruining hey, movies. You ever want movies to be five minutes long? Yeah. Google it up. Yeah. And just like, do you want it's do you want your life? I guess most people would want their life to be free of drama. But just, you know, do you want to do you want there to not be more than three seconds of inconvenience in your life? Mm -hmm. Don't worry. Google's got you covered. You will never have to think again. You'll never have to struggle for, with anything ever again. That being said, how great would it be if one of the commercials was just the scenes from Personal Shoppers where she's getting the texts and uh, it, it's just it's a Google Pixel 3 that's the only thing that changed <laughs> folks if you have not if you've seen Personal Shopper one of the best films in the past 20 years that was really funny 
If you have it, still pretty funny. All right, good to know. Uh, you had, you know what? You had the right cadence. I'll say that. That's right. Um, I okay, from the best. So, can we jump from actress to best supporting actor? Because sure. he's kind of living proof of what we just talked oh, about. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, he her. was on Luke Cage. He was on the Forty Four Hundred. Yeah, right. he was. He was in Predators. Right. Predators, by the way, they should have referenced Predators in Predator. Is it the Predator? The was Predator. Yeah. Oh boy. Uh, <laughs> the official Battleship Pretension worst movie of 2018. By I the way, I had such wow. high hopes. Yeah. Uh, Olivia Munn is good in it. Sterling K. Brown is good in it. Should have been the main character. Oh yeah. That's about it. It's weird to see the Predator use the gun. Let me just throw that out there. Yeah. The ending. Oh boy. The ending of that movie where they try to set up a sequel, it's just... Yeah. A, they might as well throw in a trash can at your head all <laughs> out, you know, Final Fight or something. <laughs> uh, instead, it should have been like Adrian Brody and Lawrence Fishburne like coming out. Because they said like, oh, we wanted to get Schwarzenegger, but we couldn't get him. Good. There's four other Predator movies. Get Danny Glover to come out. Yeah. An Al Fishburne. <laughs> Somebody. Uh, he so dies have, rather terribly oh, uh, in Predators. Adrian Brody lives. He just doesn't get off the planet. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Have him just come back. He, yeah. he comes out of one of the shells. I mean, yeah. One of the, the ships. That'd be fine. But just or Danny Glover. He's not too old for this shit. <laughs> Here at the end of a movie, he's barely in yeah, it. Yeah, the actor might say that. <laughs> right. I don't know if the character would. Um, but right. uh, anyway, okay. So what were we talking about? Oh, yeah. Mahershala Yeah, Mahershala Ali. That was one... When he became the front runner, which was pretty early, I mean, when we did our our Oscar draft, like he was him for supporting actor, like was way up there. Um, yeah. He's who I got, and during the critics section of Oscar, you know, the the Oscar draft um, and Oscar season, um, I mean, it was all Richard E. Grant, um, and then of course industry takes over, and it's all Mahershala Ali, yeah. and he is very good in the film. And he is essentially a co-lead, and when a mo when an actor is a, a kind of a lead, but is relegated to supporting in the, in as far as the awards, uh, I think they tend to want to give it to that person. And I think, unless it's training day, <clears throat> unless it's training day, which yeah. which is just a mess anyway. Um, not the movie, but just the decision to like move things around in that way. Yeah. Uh, and so I do think that uh, well, but is our, our his friend, win was an odd. Yeah, it's not that odd officially, but it was only two years ago that he won supporting actor. Yeah, but as our Moonlight. friend Brett Merriman pointed out, you know, at least around L.A., there's tons of billboards with his face on it. That's yeah, true. True Detective season three, season three of one of the most acclaimed TV shows. Yeah, on right now. Um, I mean, it's in a way, it's like when you look at all the for your consideration billboards, like those those True Detective billboards. Like if I'm the studio, whatever studio released Green Book, I don't remember. Amblin. Oh God, you're like this is you're like perfect. this is this is, this is great. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I guess that is true. Ooh, and it's it premiered in like, maybe before the the voting closed or or mm -hmm. close to it, and so it's like it's all just kind of he's just very. He's, I mean, he's very hot right now. Yeah, is is just a really simple, sort and of, of course, way of saying it. But it's it's true, and it's not yeah. all negative. He's in theaters right now with Alita, Battle, Battle Angel. Angel, 
which I did see. And how is he? Another? Are we going to go uh, three out of four years with him next year? I think so. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And he'll, you know, back to back supporting actor Oscars. Not since Jason Robards has that happened. <laughs> how is? Um, do people say like the best thing in this movie is Jeff Fahey? He's not the best thing. Okay. Um, he's a he's, that sounds he's like a, some film Twitter bullshit. He's a fun little bonus. Okay. Um, he always is. Yeah. Psycho yeah. three. That's right. Damn right. <laughs> he's naked. He's got those lamps going. You ever seen Psycho three? No, I haven't. Directed seen Psycho by two. Anthony Perkins. I think I did know that. Yeah. It is. It's Psycho two is a really good film actually. Yeah. Psycho, Psycho three, three is when it moves is, into full on is bananas. Yeah. And it's like Anthony Perkins was like. I guess he wasn't told no because it's like they couldn't make a movie without him. Yeah, and so he just made a really kind of trashy. Film. It is gl- and, uh, he Jeff Faye's character is so gross. Yeah, and that's before he's doing a naked <clears throat> lamp dance. Yeah, and at one point, if I'm not mistaken, I saw this film when I was very young, and yet this line You're, has stayed with no me. No matter how old you are, you are too young to see <laughs> that. That's true. That's true. First of all, um, and uh, he he makes like sexual advances on the on this woman who this I think is a nun. nun. Yeah, yes. she, it, it's weird yeah. in a weird way. Psycho Three pays tribute to Vertigo at the beginning of it, yeah. which is a choice. It is a tr- it is a choice, uh, and then she she says no, and I believe he kicks her out of his car because mm-hmm. I think he's giving her a ride, mm-hmm. uh, and he says. Uh, he gets mad at her and he says, you could have been coming instead of going mm-hmm. and then drives Yikes. away. And then guess what, folks? They spend the rest of the movie together. <laughs> yeah. Back, back at the Bates Motel. Yeah. And things don't go super great for all of them. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. The point is, we got to stay on topic about the Academy Awards. Wait, how many Oscars does Psycho 3 win? Like five. I wonder that is true. It if was... the reason this, this damn conversation is so amorphous <laughs> is because we lacked a host. Yeah, I wanted to talk about that next. Ceremony was fine without a host. I, I do, that. I do like I an opening monologue. I loved it. I guess, I guess you know, you got your queen. Which, by the way, I am queened out. Okay, give me a king. Uh, I love Queen. Okay, they're a band that's better than the three songs you all know. This would make anyone hate Queen. <laughs> what we just saw, yeah. not the not the opening performance. The opening performance is great, uh, or it was fine. Yeah, um, but I wasn't when you're done, yeah, when you're done with this show, you're like, oh, there were other bands in the '70s. You guys know that, right? Yeah, and they because of the success of Bohemian Rhapsody, they're all they're all going to get a movie. Don't you worry. And here, here's the thing: Are Queen the band interesting? I honestly, I know very little about Queen, but the one thing I know is that it was Freddie Mercury, just as The Doors was Jim Morrison. I know oh, that there were other like band members. Jim Morrison Doors albums uh, well, with Raymond Zarek singing. That's that's the thing is it's just uh, I recognize that a band is more than their frontman, but sometimes the frontman is so charismatic mm-hmm. and is so the face of the band yeah. that uh, yeah, regardless of though it's called Bohemian Rhapsody and it ostensibly is about these songs being made and all that. I mean, it's about Freddie Mercury. Yeah, no, it's really about Freddie Mercury. Yeah. There's no bones made about that. We just say, dear listeners, I have not seen Bohemian Rhapsody or Vice or Green Book because they looked like movies for middle of the road boomers. <laughs> and they would just make me angry if I saw them. Well, we'll talk about that in a moment. But I did want to. I did want to 
say that I like I, I like an opening monologue. I think what I think what a, a host can give you is a nice running bit. Like the jet ski bit last yeah. week last year worked very well for me. Yeah. That said, the absence of a host did not really hamper the show that much. Except for me. when it ended, and Julia Roberts was like, "Yeah, we gotta go." Yeah, she, right. she was literally shrugging in the moment. I, I yeah. wish they had like a janitor like sweeping up. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> go home. He sweeps up the spotlight and puts it in his pocket. Yeah, really. I mean, the host is all about the opening. Yeah, you know, um, and that, and then a good. I did. We didn't even really get like a montage or anything. During the ceremony, there was one kind of at the very beginning. Oh right? yeah, that's well the, reviewing the films of 2018. Yeah, so that doesn't really. Where we got like, Steve Venom, but there was one of my favorite films. <laughs> I liked it a lot. It was fun. wow. I Venom was super fun. I watched about 20 minutes of it, and I the I, first 20 minutes stopped. You can get rid of when Venom I shows well, up. I got, well, uh, well, I took the first 20, and I got rid of the last hundred no, or however no, many. You, no, you can keep those when Venom shows up. It's super fun. Yeah, that stupid voice. It, sound, yeah, it, sound, it sounds there, fun. It's a it's it's a dumb, but fun buddy movie with one person. Okay, that's a nice. I like that way of thinking about it. It is interesting that you have this alien symbiote with this weird voice. I love that we're spending have, time talking about all <laughs> yeah. these movies that are absolutely inessential to an Oscars telecast. Yeah. Um, but. The fact that Tom Hardy looked at the clearly looked at the visual effect, looked at the character of Venom, looked at the design, heard the voice, and said, "I can outact that. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be twitchy, and I, I'm going to be I'm going to make the Venom character look subtle compared Except to Eddie Brock." When, Venny, uh-huh. when Venom shows up, you you almost a sense of relief. <laughs> yeah. At least he's got it together now. Exactly. At least he's not. God, just come on, just the scene where he just goes into a fish tank. That is a great scene. <laughs> that is okay. a great scene. We need to stop talking about Venom. What do you mean? His <laughs> arch enemy won an Oscar. Let's give him some love. Spider-Man. Oh, yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's like, what the hell are you talking about? Oh, okay, I thought yeah, his I arch lost. enemy was uh, Alfonso Cuaron. <laughs> I forgot that issue of Venom. <laughs> I've got my theories. <laughs> He hates long shots. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't um, have these on my planet. Um, so, do we need to take care of this? Probably, yeah. Anymore? I'm looking at it. When when you guys start talking it's to each other, slowly creeping. Yeah, it's like it's a blob. Slowly yeah. creeping. You could have at some point picked the ice up and put it back in your oh, cup, no, but you've decided to so. leave it on the table and let it melt all over the electrical equipment. <laughs> I beg your pardon. I didn't think it was going to get that far. <laughs> Uh, I mean, ice stays how it is. That's one thing right. that I know from Absolutely. science class. Um, temperature does not affect ice. Right? Yeah, it's ice it's the one it's the one constant in life. <laughs> ice. It'll always stay like it is. <laughs> you know that ad from the Ice Council. Um, anyway, sponsored so, by ABC. Yeah, man, those that's yeah, right. They're in everything. AB, Disney ABC bought ice. Yeah. And they're in talks to buy water, but right now it's just ice. <laughs> so you know what that means, folks. That's right. Hour-long YouTube videos about how Disney ruined ice. Look for them. <laughs> Hour-long videos of people complaining about Disney stuff. When you search for literally anything on YouTube. That's true. It's what you'll get. Uh, yeah. It's like, oh, I'm interested in this uh in this uh, interesting video essay about uh, Jurassic World that uh, my favorite podcaster put together. What's this? Kathleen Kennedy. Ugh. 
it is no Star Wars movie is worth talking about this much. I'll say that. And I say that as someone who likes a Star Wars every now and then. <laughs> the yeah. occasional Star Wars. Um, no well, that's because you profit. Oh, that's Star right. I'm, I'm one of the, the folks in Canto Bite. What the hell are you talking that's about? That's the, the casino planet they go to. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Get with it, Smith. Oh, boy. I've just been calling that the Monte Carlo sequence. Anyway. Um, okay. Okay, so a host, I think we missed, a, I mean, the three actresses. I wish that was very funny. Hosting? Why weren't they hosting? Because it is there's a, probably not enough time to, yeah, to really yeah. develop enough for them to do. But they were funny, but a host would have, it would have been even more expanded. Um, if anyone's uh, listened to, like, the WGA Awards. Uh, Chelsea Brady, great. Oh, my Loved God. It. Her opening was incredible. Yeah. That's what I was. That's what I want. Yeah. That's the kind of it had bite to it. Yes. It was wickedly funny. Um, so yeah, it could have been expanded, and then maybe a couple of bits here and there. There was, I think, I think the thing that I found lacking was there was none of those little moments where where the Oscars kind of says, hey, in addition to awarding people this year, we also want to make sure that we're energizing people just about movies and about right. film history. I mean, Laura Dern, you know, had the thing of announcing the, um, the museum, yeah. which could have sort of been fused with a, a montage or right. something about that, but they, <clears throat> they chose not to. Um, but something like that, because I think... A great Oscars telecast is also a celebration of I, also Oscar history and also movie history, and I I feel like that piece uh, was was missing. Yeah, it's interesting because they could have had a presenter just do that. Of course, yeah, but they didn't. Like yeah. the idea, like it it would seem that by by throwing out the idea of the host, they throw out almost everything that a host does um and it just i mean it's in in many ways it did stream like it and did streamline it it seemed like they were just doing one category after another with very little in between even yeah. though they had musical performances but it it did just seem it seemed less like a presentation it if it's possible for the oscars to seem episodic uh -huh. it seemed like that instead of one uniform mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, ceremony. There was no pressure, or you know, no one, no one felt like they had to put a stamp on it, and that's yeah, and that's either great or bad. Certainly, you know. You guys keep going. It's almost like, folks, this episode is brought to you by the Academy Award Museum down there on Wilshire and Fairfax. Now, you might say to yourself. I always feel like part of movie history when I'm at Wilshire and Fairfax. Absolutely. Because there's Johnny's Coffee Shop. Yeah. The location from Miracle Mile, mm -hmm. the wonderful Steve Desjardins film from 1988 with Anthony Edwards and Marge Hel Helgeberger. Is that her name? You said Miracle Mile, and yet I thought Moonlight Mile, even though Moonlight Mile does not Rolling take place. Rolling Stone song. I know, but it's the it was Is Jake it was, Gyllenhaal. Oh, that's right. The guy who directed Lemony Snicket directed it. That's right. I thought it was pretty good. It was, you, have uh, you ever seen Hoffman. Miracle Mile? No, I haven't. It is great. Um, Anthony Edwards. Uh, it's Tony it's Edwards. Crazy. Okay. 1988 Los Angeles. And it does take place a lot of it in Miracle Mile. Okay. Um, right there where the new Academy Awards uh, yeah. Museum is being built. Uh, Anthony Edwards is outside 
um, takes a call in a phone booth, this being 1988, and is told uh, nuclear missiles are heading right to L.A. And he goes back in. It's like 3 a.m. in this all-night coffee shop. And he's like, uh... The world might be ending or someone's crazy. And the way people react and the world reacts and things get out of hand, it is great. And it is very important to this podcast and very important to our host, Tyler. Do you know why the movie Miracle Mile is so important to somebody you? Ha- somebody has mentioned it before to it me. It is the only movie, as far as I know, that mentions Dr. Hoggly Woggly's Tyler, Texas. <laughs> right. There are two characters in the movie that talk about that place. Oh, my god! This movie is from 1988. And that restaurant is still there. Yeah. They call, it Dr., they call it Dr. Hoggly Woggly's, I think, which is weird. But... Um, Maybe it they is. didn't have permission. Oh, that's yeah, right. Probably not. <laughs> you know, lawyers. Um, but it's a great, it's a good film. Diane Crosby from Dr. Star Hoggly Trek. Dr. Hoggly is a Dr. litigious. I was going to say, he's notoriously <laughs> litigious. It's not like Mrs. Hoggy. She won't. Theodore, let them use our name. He goes, I, the, I Theodore, Dr. Theodore Hoggly Woggly. I'm not going to let a bunch of Hollywood liberals. I will not let Steve dodge <laughs> I hated Cherry 3000, and I only liked uh, the the SCTV movie. Uh, what did he do? The He co-wrote Strange Brew. You've dropped the accent a bit. If you could go back and pick that up, we'd all, all right, appreciate let's do it. Uh, all right. Take two. This is uh, Everyone's this Adventures back of Dr. Hoggly Woggly. Excuse me. <clears throat> Unique New York. <laughs> This is the scene where Dr. Hogby Wogley is, is mad to Steve Dargile, <laughs> whose name I pronounced three different times. <clears throat> I will not let my good name, my father's name, be used by this Steve Dejaunay. I hear this movie Miracle Mile is terrible. Cherry 3000 was only a B minus on its best day. <laughs> And I thought Strange Brew was only good for the first 20 minutes. And then when they revealed that it wasn't going to be that fake mutant monster movie, which I thought was had a lot of potential, <laughs> and it was going to be a real movie, but not just that, a take on Hamlet, which is my second favorite. If you want to hear the rest of this monologue, you're going to have to tune in to me and Ian's other new podcast called Miracle Mo- Stories from Miracle Mile. Uh, it's a uh, Netflix-based web series that's, right. that's also owned by, you guessed it, Fox TV. That's right. Fox, which is owned by Disney, which, which is, is probably ABC. Exactly. Which is now owned uh, our Miracle Mile podcast. And you know what that means, folks. Hour-long videos <laughs> on YouTube about how... Disney has ruined our Miracle Mile podcast. I'm going to say, I don't know what minute we're at, but I'm going to say that's the moment the last listener will stop that's this That's probably show. about right, yeah. Yeah, that's going to be my guess. I mean, don't get me wrong. Once again, I like that you took that you took my admittedly half-baked character of Dr. Theodore Hoggly Woggly, and you really ran with it as a guy who knows a lot about movies and will and and as he is outraged he will still incorporate his opinions right. it's like on oh, its best day stuff like that is great good good work oh thank you it, I, I don't know if it's i don't know if it's fred hitchcock but you know what, you know what? we'll let bad. the people decide he, exactly dr hoggly woggly like his favorite director was fred hitchcock <laughs> and when you moved in here i you know i thought i was mentioning something but <laughs> i didn't know how you felt about fred i know you liked alfred that's the other brother the, but, yeah the uh, other hitchcock you know fred i loved his movie 40 steps he's, his, <laughs> he's he's good okay we need to move on um 
so yeah, uh, I'm trying to think. It, it's it's interesting because every year when we do this, we do talk about. I love about, how you're dropping back in as if we can just move on. He's the host. I'm choosing to. How Man. great would the Oscars be if David and Tyler hosted it? In a, in a booth with the microphone. Yeah, they'd be really good. It'd be great. Somebody, somebody mentioned once. Um, I didn't mean to get us off on another tangent, but here we go. When we were when we did the BPs a few years ago, uh, David and I announced Best Picture, and the first thing that was said was, by me was, "No, I didn't love this movie." Um, <laughs> and, and it would be awesome People if like the, if would the host respond to the honesty. I, right. I like to think so, which is like. Like, hey, I'm Tyler. This is David. Welcome to the 98th Academy Awards. A lot of great nominations. I think we can all agree very few of them actually deserve it. Uh, I see no Ethan Hawke here for First Reformed. I see no, yeah. you know, whatever it is. Um, yeah, I feel like because that this actually leads to a larger, a larger question. Okay. Green Book won Best Picture. Let's stick, let's go with Green Book for the time being. Okay. Do, and people cheered at the end of it. People cheered when it won Best Picture. Do, is everybody in that audience excited that Green Book won? Like, I, I mean, they seem to be. And obviously, like, if you're not, you still have to kind of fake it. But it's just fascinating. Like, I think it speaks maybe to the crowds that I run in mm -hmm. that Green Book is ex acknowledged to certainly not be the best movie of the year. Uh, some people think that it's actually quite bad. I don't know if I'd go that far. But, um, <clears throat> you know, serviceable at best is not the way to describe uh, the best movie of the year. But, like, do people in the industry, like... Do you think they actually like? Oh, Green Book, absolutely. You don't get. You Honestly, don't get better I, than that. I don't feel. I, I feel. I feel like you don't get to that place of Green Book winning if that crowd is not two thirds people with middling taste. Which is not to say that they're not talented. Not to say that they're not good at their job. But maybe they've just got. They think of C plus as an an A plus. I. What can I tell yeah. you? And I mean, it was between that and a movie that was put out by Netflix and was foreign. And everybody was saying, and like, black hey, and white. and black and white. Mm -hmm. And everyone was saying, like, hey, if Roma wins, oh, I guess so it's great. <clears throat> if if the movie wins, it'll be the first foreign language film to win Best Picture. And it's like, well, that to me is is not. Now, I know it's a silent movie. Does the artist not count? I said no, foreign language. Okay. People do speaking when they do okay. speak. They do speak English in, in the artist. Um, I didn't say foreign produced. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, I never saw the artist. It's, Again, it's I don't respond to movies where all these movies feel like if I'm going to the movies of my mom, it's like, oh, let's just go. Watch the artist that. is better is better than that. Okay. I would say it is. Um, yeah, but that's the thing is like when, whenever people talk, yeah, whenever people talk about like Oscar history and like, oh, the, the Oscars, this could be the first time they do. It's like the Oscars. If anything, that's actually points. Those are like against marks it. against yeah. it yeah. winning Best Picture, um, and so like whereas Green Book is a much safer choice, but you know, looking at that slate, which I th the the Best Picture slate I think is was somewhat weak with a couple of exceptions here and there. Yeah, but you can't, um, especially because you can't help but compare what else came out this year. I mean, I was yeah. so yeah uninterested. Um, uh, about this Oscars, I you know I I love doing this podcast. I love hanging out with you guys. The actual show was not really again to me because I'm like, where is 
the eighth grade. Where's First Reformed? You know, mm-hmm. nominated for best yeah. uh, original screenplay. But come on, both Ethan Hawke and uh, Paul Schrader and uh, Man of Seafried. Uh, where is eighth grade? Where is Annihilation? And where is If Beale Street Could Talk? Regina King, great. I'm so yeah. glad she won. That's a wonderful scene, uh, wonderful performance, especially all the stuff in Puerto Rico. Um, and you're just like, where, where, why? Yeah. This just feels like. No, I you start going like, what is wrong with these movies? In fact, nothing wrong with these movies. Something wrong with, not something wrong with, but something. Why are these people not seeing? It's just, yeah, it's just the priorities are are different when you get to industry, which is understandable. I mean, it happens. We talked about it last year. Last year, like the the two supporting categories were locked in. Mm-hmm. Willem Dafoe, Laurie Metcalf, until you got yeah. to industry. And then yeah. like clockwork, it pivoted to Sam Rockwell and Allison Janney. People that two performers that people like working with yeah. in movies that were that, that required bigger things from those actors. They're both great. I love both Sam Rockwell and Allison Janney, and I like living in a world where Sam Rockwell has an Oscar. But uh, Florida Project is not as straightforward a Hollywood thing, and I would say Lady Bird got a lot of uh, got a lot of attention from the Oscars, but it's like, well, do we really want to give like this TV and stage actress? Uh, oh, but but uh, Allison Janney, Allison Janney, she has a, TV a show actress. on the air. Yeah, yeah. right. That's she's very again, much. By the way, she, Jason yeah. and I are doing a mom podcast. <laughs> Absolutely, mom sons. Yeah. We're both sons. That's right. It is. We got moms. We're both son it, of the guns. It is. Uh, it is. It airs on CBS, which is odd because CBS is owned by ABC. That's right. That's um, right. And you know what that means, folks? <laughs> Hour-long videos about how Disney has ruined mom, both the show and the concept. <laughs> Admittedly, my mom and I haven't been talking much since she bought, was bought since out by Virgin. Disney. <laughs> Disney did start sending her a lot of money, and I noticed a change. Yeah, it sours people. It just does. Yeah, she didn't put in the effort that she before she got that big contract. She was right. like, I gotta, I gotta prove myself. Exactly. And also, one of her hands became one of those giant turkey wings. <laughs> I haven't mentioned anything. <laughs> I haven't found the right time. <laughs> but it will be covered in my hour-long YouTube video. What's wrong with my mom? Since Disney ruined everything. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for hand. Disney to buy Google to buy or maybe we live in a world where Google buy Disney, but whatever. And then people will be like so mad about the they think their YouTube videos are being taken down or losing <laughs> hits because it's, it's possible because it's about or maybe people don't want to watch hour long videos about uh, lightsabers. Now you're telling me I shouldn't watch an hour long video by someone who I don't know, who has no credentials, who can speak only moderately well. That's I shouldn't thing. listen to them for an hour? Well, I, hang on. It depends. Do you agree with them? If so, well, why might. wouldn't you? Yeah, we all love to be basically <laughs> be given mirrors to people who actually, honestly, that is what I loved about the Battle of Buster Scruggs when they talk about storytelling at the end of that, in that, um, mm-hmm caravan in that carriage when they're like they want stories that are like us but not exactly us and it's like you know that's that's uh i feel so much of the world where you just want something that you're being told yeah that's why you come here because you can learn things 
about me. Tyler, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if I agree wow. 100%. Maybe other weeks. During the phrase of his podcast from Ian, Tyler got the most suspicious look on <laughs> yeah, his face. It's like, I don't like, know if I can on. agree I with we, you. I think I might need to pay you to say that. Uh, hold on. Okay, yeah. so I'm, I'm trying to... I'm, I, I have not seen Green Book. Okay. And I would like to mention this is the first best picture winner in 20 years that i haven't seen mm -hmm. by the time it won best picture that is unheard of for me and i yeah. just didn't really have interest in it but i'm trying to see if i can mount some kind of industry defense for it in my head because i i completely agree with you in terms of the better movies that we wish something like eighth grade. What if Elsie Fisher had been nominated for best actress? Like I, yeah. that, that would have brought an energy. And I'm wondering if we all got uh, a mixed message or we, we took, we, we got the wrong takeaways from Moonlight's success a couple of years ago. Right. We thought, okay, so that means that, that the Oscars are now going to pay attention to these movies that are made for, just a little bit of money. Oh, we and, thought but, you know, Barry Jenkins and Damien Chazelle's next movies will get a lot of Oscar love. Yeah. I actually love what that. They, you know, I think Beale Street made less yeah. money, but but got an acting win. Yes, yeah. Um, and got a couple of nominations. But you know what? First Man won a couple of, one technical it thing? Won one it won visual yeah. effects. It, okay, it won visual effects. And it was nominated for a couple of the sound. Sound. Maybe the sound. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's was it. it nominated for production design? Yes. Okay. So, really, their, for their follow-up films, they both did very well. Like... It, I it, thought First Man didn't do well. I actually it, think it's underrated. I think it's underrated too, but you know what? Do you what? mean the, the the film itself? I think the film itself and I think the way that those movie those two movies are are going to be viewed within the industry because those are two guys who who are doing something a little bit different. It didn't translate into, you know, them following up Birdman with uh, the Revenant. It mm. wasn't that type of thing, but Barry Jenkins didn't take that kind of swing. Right. He, he made it. He made the movie he's been wanting to make, which is much smaller. But I think that movie shows he's got some longevity in the industry. And I think oh. First Man yeah. does the same. I think First Man really shows that Damien Chazelle is an extremely capable technical director. Um, can do things. He's not just music. He's not just music, yeah. and he has a more mature technical uh, uh, acuity. Maybe that's the right word. Than than you might have even thought with 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 the others. Not that they were bad, but they this I think took his technical ability to another level. And so in that sense, it's like that's more the lesson that now I'm thinking of two years removed. But the lesson wasn't that something like eighth grade or first reformed is really gonna year year after year make a dent at the Oscars. We're not there yet. And so we're still in the time when something like Green Book is, I mean, if if I can defend it, having not seen it, it is a movie that probably more people can watch it's not a movie and that I th I think people like us may want to see as much but it's a movie that more people might be willing to see what i worry about and you didn't quite touch on it but it but but it um you triggered this comparison okay. when you talked about first man versus a lot of the other fil the films that have been uh nominated one this year 
is first man got a lot of criticism that I don't think is totally valid of it being um, a bummer of it being uh, of it yeah. being sullen yeah. like oh this is this huge triumphant moment in American history it's like we already know that yeah we already that's already been a story that's been told and it's a worthy story from earth to the moon all the documentaries that and instead uh chazelle and company decide let's do a very you know a, a movie about loss and mourning and mourning is yeah daughter. it's a movie about um, grief and it completely fits in with chazelle's sort of thematic concerns like the stuff that he really wants to dig into what's the cost mm-hmm. of becoming an american myth but i think people a lot of people were, were repelled by that. I think a lot of people were repelled by the similar sentiments in First Reform or You Were Never Really Here. Uh-huh. And whereas, like, I remember somebody, some review of Green Book um, was like, oh, after so many films, so many tough films about racism, isn't it nice that there's a nice, enjoyable film about that? I'm like, should there be a nice, enjoyable film about racism? Like, should it, even I think Black it's, Klansman is a movie, uh, I'll, you should you should go after me, Tyler, but even Black Klansman, which is a movie I respect and, and like, that's a movie that ends, um, or the last kind of like narrative scene, um, it where you have a uh, civil rights activist teaming up with other cops to take out a a uh, corrupt police officer, like, like that, that scene that's, really that's sticks a fantasy. out. And it's such a yeah, weird yeah. pro police message from Spike Lee, where you're like, even that is like, we're, it it feels like it's a, 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 a it's it's gonna we're gonna touch on tough ideas, but we're gonna give it enough sentimentality that you can be like, oh, I'm like. Yeah, I mean, I think when it comes right down to it, the Oscars tend to like uplift. Um, And admittedly, there weren't a lot of movies nominated that were uplifting. Um, And so I think, I mean, in a way, you could say it's, it's similar to 2010, where in our circles, obviously, social network was what it was all about. Yeah. yeah. And if it didn't, if it wasn't going to win picture, then it sure as hell better win director. And then King's Speech, which I think is actually a perfectly fine film mm-hmm. and, and, and really excels in a lot of areas. I think it absolutely deserved that best actor win. Um, but it got screenplay, it got director uh, and picture. And we were like, what on earth is going on? But if you, you know, uh, over at More Than One Lesson, which is on hiatus for a while, but you know, Josh and I would do this series called the best of pictures in which we talk about the movies Mm -hmm. that have won best picture over the years. Mm -hmm. And it's just like green book winning is a lot more fits in a lot more with what the Academy does than something like no country for old men. People are going to compare it to crash being broke back mountain. Yeah. Or the one that, that strikes me, it's not a, it's not a one-to-one comparison, but 30 years ago, and I mentioned this to you, to you guys after the ceremony 30 years ago, do the right thing, which is, in my opinion, the best film ever made about race in America mm-hmm. um, by Spike Lee. Mm-hmm. Um, he was nominated for screenplay, I believe. Yeah. Uh, and it was up for supporting actor, but it wasn't up for director or nope. picture. And people thought like that is ridiculous. Meanwhile, someone it, gave him a shout out. Do you remember who? Uh, yeah. Was it Kim Basinger? Yes. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. That was a weird ceremony in general. But uh, but. The movie that did win, so that was this incendiary film about race, yeah. uh, with a lot of style to it, um, 
as opposed to the winner of Best Picture that year, which incidentally was not nominated for director, uh, about a, the the nice relationship between a white person and a black person in a car, which mm-hmm. is Driving Miss Daisy, which is actually not a bad movie. Mm-hmm. It's not Do the Right Thing. One of Dan Ackroyd's best roles. Actually, I think I don't like him that much in that okay. movie. I think he overplays it. But I think Jessica Tandy's great. I think Morgan yeah. Freeman are both great. Um, and then 30 years later, now this time, Black Klansman is up for picture, director. Yeah. Uh, it wins screenplay. Yeah. But it's interesting that you have these two movies, both about race relations uh, in the 60s, you know, 60s, 70s. Yeah. And you know, uh, Spike Lee doing what he does and, and just being like funny, but incendiary with a a hell of a lot of style losing out to a much more pleasant. And it's not that the film is style less, but it's, it's about, it's, it's the most straightforward you could possibly make a film green book and made made by a director. And I, 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 I have nothing against Peter Farrelly, but he's, if you listen to him talk about directing, he's like, look, I'm not Orson Welles over here. Yeah. He's, and, and he's not saying that to put Welles down. He's just saying like, he's a very straightforward yeah. shot, reverse shot type of director. Yeah. And the film is just done in that straightforward way. It is, you know, I think the last few years uh, have yielded movies that even when they're great, and I think mm-hmm. Moonlight is great, mm-hmm. um, it's hard to know if they're going to be remembered. When we look back at the movies that have won Best Picture, uh-huh. you know, almost there are years when it's just like, oh, that one, huh? Okay, I'm sure. trying to think like the times recently when, when I guess the Best Picture winner hasn't had that sort of uplift like even moonlight you could sort of argue has a sense of uplift because of the final uh 10 20 minutes something like birdman is like yeah i i don't even quite remember how it ends it ends on an it's ambiguous, ambiguous note, note with yeah. her looking out the window that's yeah. right yeah or but it's about show business or, so it gives it a lot of points it yeah. does yeah or the hurt locker yeah like those are kind of the few that stand out yeah in like the last decade that don't really have that because like hurt locker that's a that's a weird movie to make it all the way to best picture yeah especially the year of of avatar but avatar inglorious bastards like there's a lot of other movies that could feel more that feel more maybe movie in the sense of Hollywood rewarding them. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, I I did. So neither of you saw green book, right? No. Okay. So I did see it. Ironically, it's the film that I like treated myself to admittedly. It was the only movie that was starting, but I had finished my teaching my first semester Mm -hmm. of, of college. And I was like, all right, I'm done. I'm going to go see a movie. And it's like, oh, Green Book. That's what's mm-hmm. starting. And what's funny is that the movie that I had showed that night was in the heat of the night. Huh. And so it's just like, that's an interesting double feature. Yeah. And you see one is a lot grittier than the other and yeah. a lot, uh, yeah. a lot less compromising than the other. And I do think the Green Book, uh, our friends, Scott and Julie were here watching the ceremony with us. And they said that like, if you approach Green Book as a buddy comedy it works a lot better which i agree with i do think that those two performances are both very solid the problem is that the film (laughs) the film thinks it's about much more 
And on that level, I think it mostly fails. I would also say Black Klansman is a better buddy comedy uh, yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, and just from just from the one small short clip they play of Adam Driver, oh, all of us in the room were just yeah, like, like damn. Damn, he is good. And effortlessly good. Like yeah. you don't see him. He's a he can actually be a very intense actor. But oh, like he's when a, he's oh, a yeah. smoky bowl of soup. <laughs> <laughs> he is a smoky bowl of soup. Uh, I love him. I love that. But when he but when he's playing super casual, which he is, he is in yeah. in Black Klansman, it's like, man. Like he He doesn't overplay reflect re, like reflectiveness. Yeah. No. He, he plays a guy who has actually, and he himself says it, like, has not been thinking much about yeah. certain things and suddenly is required to maybe for the first time in his life. And it's just, but the way he, he talks about it, it's like, he's like, you know, none of my friends are bar mitzvah. I didn't have a bar mitzvah. Just the way he just throws it, it's, it is a marvelous performance. He does, yeah. yeah, he does have that gift where anything, he can have this great intensity, but there's also a great casualness ease of delivery yeah. and that's uh, that's a rare like patterson yeah oh absolutely yeah of course you can also find out why kylo ren is ruining the star wars films <laughs> but why there should still be a knights of ren movie so i'm gonna guess that's long... like a maybe two minute video no no no, no 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 you know well, there used to be a time where youtube videos were only 10 minutes I long know. Wow. And then they decided let's ruin America <laughs> and give every dumb kid, dumb boy, uh, hour-long YouTube videos to talk about how terrible uh, Star Wars and, man, fuck it, Ghostbusters is. <laughs> well, some people like to use YouTube to analyze things like the great Tom Brady or... Absolutely. It's got the, about 95,000 views. Is it really? Yeah. Wow. We just had a Super Bowl. I, 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 and the Patriots are going to be in the news for other reasons. Oh, it's good God in heaven. What? Someone Why? went Hollywood. Oh, right. That's right. Yeah. Or Florida. Yeah, it's more of a Florida. Oh, Hollywood, Florida. <laughs> that's that's Florida. what, yeah. Good Lord. Do you know what the fine in Florida is for this infraction? Uh, it's going to set that billionaire back about $500. Oh, boy. Five hundo. <laughs> a um, cool five hundo. I think the lesson there is that uh, apparently the Patriots enjoy videotaping everything. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, that's the kind of insightful news you'll get on our new podcast. Patriot Pals. Patri Pats Pals. <laughs> All sure. right. We need to move on. I will mention a couple of things. Uh, it's interesting in talking about the ceremony this year itself. Um Fairly active camera, uh -huh. uh, really interested in, in kind of making the, the look more dynamic. And in one case, it, it probably they in, took in their others cues from Roma, they were like, Ooh, we're yeah, maybe we're yeah. going to Roma this thing. But, uh, and so I'll talk about the, the instance that, that worked very well in a moment, but I will say that like there comes a moment when Jennifer Hudson is, has, has sung her song. She's done with it. And mm -hmm. the camera swoops by in a way that made me scared for her. You I was like, that, that thing is going to going to bash into her face <laughs> and it will take her head off. It looked like, or felt like the camera didn't like her and was trying to pick a fight. <laughs> <laughs> You want some? You want some Jennifer Hudson? Clearly, the camera is, is more of a Sandra Day O'Connor fan <laughs> and was going to make something. She's going to make some hay of it. Thankfully, uh, cooler heads prevailed. 
There is, and then there were moments where the camera like kind of shook, like somebody was like bumped it as they walked by. My favorite was when that happened when Green Book won. Yeah, like it just Cameron would just screw this. Yeah, <laughs> it's like oh, I had all, I had all my money on the favorite. They're thanking Vigo. I haven't heard Vigo thank this much since Ghostbusters Two. <laughs> Oh, you've had that locked and loaded. I, I feel like, like that as soon as I heard. I have that. no doubt. That's the only other time I've heard the name Vigo. Yeah, when I learned like to him, we are the buzzing of the flies. Uh, it's a reference to Ghostbusters Two. The last time Ghostbusters was good before feminists ruined it. Is By that the, the way, point you're making? Ghostbusters 2, not good. It is right. not good. It no. is not good at all. Also um, not good. Yeah. You should when not people answer talk, that call. I hope <laughs> someone makes a movie that gives it back to the fans. That's exactly. Oh, good God. Because the worst what? thing you can do is give something to the fans. <laughs> that is the truth. Ugh. That is the truth. Be like, oh, that way it'll be everything we like over and over and over again. <laughs> Except completely different and yeah. wonderfully what if, new. What if you go into that movie and it's just... Four dudes. Can you imagine this? Three dudes with beards and glasses. Oh my god! Just talking about which is better: Ghostbusters, the real Ghostbusters, Extreme Ghostbusters, or the Filmation Ghostbusters, which is actually oh, a yeah. cartoon based on a '70s uh, show called Ghostbusters, which has nothing to do with the Sony Columbia version, but it has a gorilla with a machine. Yes, I know. And that's why they called it the real that's Ghostbusters because they, they wanted the to be assholes ghost. about it. And boy, when I was a kid, that confused the hell out of me. Yeah, I did. Although I like their car, their car, the Ghostbusters, the filmation Ghostbusters, yeah. their car was a cool car. And they had a good action figure line as yeah. well. Real, a lot of detail went into it. Anyway, um, I will say that I think the musical performances were were very good, and I do think that the. The shallow performance yep. yeah. was good on the part of the performers and the camera work. And def- that may have shown that we don't need a host. You just came back from commercial. Yeah. There was no ladies and gentlemen. Bradley yeah. Cooper and Lady Gaga. They just got up. It was really powerful. As if like they I were thought. like, and so imagine dumb. if we like, meld let's get, those. You know what Man. we're tuning in for. That's true. Let's just get oh, up but here. No, that's so true. You've got two incredible stars, a mm-hmm. song that most people know. And they perform it very simply shot and they just knock it out of the fucking park. Yeah. Like that was perfect. That tells you exactly why movie stars are movie stars and why like people want. I mean, that movie is big in the best way. Like it's it's. Yeah, but know, there's also was, such a great. I mean, I mean, the one thing that's a lot of people are praising for, and and I thought was really takes up to the next level, is how intimate they they Cooper's direction. Yes, so yeah. much. Clo- Sorry, it's weird. I mean, We've had two films this year. Roma is all about you know, you, you almost feel a, a bit of a distance, and maybe that's why I didn't do as well as we thought because you're literally at a distance from a lot of the characters. Whereas it's almost a little bit objective. Yeah, this, yeah it, and one of the things I liked about it is that it's a mix of objective and subjective, you know, memories. Um, and that's a film about certainly the main um, character is a uh, is 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 almost like an invisible person in in the in you know the greater culture whereas a star is born is about celebrities people who yeah. it, it, you have to remind yourself like oh yeah tabloids probably talk about these people all the time but you're 
so they're shot so close and so intimate yeah. that you're thinking about them as people. You're not thinking about them yeah. as icons right. or whatever. I meant big in terms of two big stars. Oh yeah, no, that charisma is still there. Yeah. A, a big personas and big emotions. Mm-hmm. Like it's kind of like it's it's classic in a way, which is why it's been remade all the time. And yeah. I but do the think story once in every generation. There it is. I do think that the the camera work for that performance actually sort of reflected the it's film right, itself at the end. Yeah. Well, yeah. and also the fact we don't we never see them from the front. We don't see them from the audience perspective. We see them from the backstage That's perspective, right, yeah. from their perspective. And then the camera, and then he goes and sits next to her. Mm. Their faces are right are, are very close, and the camera's in. Like it's a really it's it was a excellent. really powerful yeah. moment. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was really excited about it, and and um, it, it was. <clears throat> I'm not trying to pit them against each other necessarily, but it was even better than the already exceptional uh, Buster Scruggs song. I loved it. Which that was, was fantastic. Great. Yeah. Except with Buster Scruggs, they sang it together the whole time. Mm-hmm. It's a duet. Yeah. I wanted them to trade off. I yeah. kind of did too. Yeah. But they did. It was a nice rendition. Of yeah. It. They harmonized quite well. And yeah. it was that like, it's interesting because in the movie, that song, while beautiful, is kind of silly. Uh, oh, yeah. But they sing it in a way that's just uh, mournful and yeah. like they slowed it down and they really really mind that song I, it's i mean they wrote it but they really mind that song for some some emotional depth yeah um yeah that that was uh, another moment that i really really liked mm-hmm. um i'm yeah i'm very glad that they that they included these other these other songs i thought they were very effective and i thought uh bet midler uh sure. did it did a fine it job was fine i thought it was, it was okay yeah i think she it's she's getting Older, and I think that her voice has held out pretty well yeah. for the most part. Yeah, that's true. It is. You know what? I I was talking to my brother yesterday because um, he saw Bohemian Rhapsody. I was telling him it feels like every year there's one film, or at least a few films, <laughs> where it has some musical element to it, and that even if people feel kind of eh on it, it becomes huge. Like last year was Greatest Showman. Um, this year, I think it's Bohemian Rhapsody, where people might feel middling about it on certain certain aspects, but the performance, the musical performances are mm-hmm. so big and so powerful that people come away going, I loved it. What can I tell you? Uh-huh. And I do think this year we didn't have a host, but opening it with Queen and having Shallow, having these musical moments, it almost seems bizarre in retrospect that they would want to... Um, take some of the songs away because that that really can string you along. I don't want to say string you along like eh, that sounds pejorative, but that can keep a sense of continuity or a sense of momentum. It can also buy a lot of goodwill. Yeah, and yeah. and something for lots of audience members to look forward to. Uh, viewers look forward to even if they may not be as energized about yeah. some of the other Listen, categories. We just love. Yeah, as people, we're singing is this magic trick yeah. that we love. And then I just don't say that to denigrate it, but it's like, it will never not be entertaining to it, us. Yeah. It will never not impress yeah. us. Yeah. When it's done well, like a well performed, a good song performed well 
can have a different type of magic than a film can. And it can yeah. touch you on a level that you can't even really totally explain. I don't know why I like the music that I like, but I do. Um, and that's why, yeah, years ago when the Oscars announced like that they weren't, cause I think there were a couple years where they didn't have, where they didn't perform any of the songs. And I was like, you really don't understand like the the appeal of the Oscars. It's not just the movie stars and they're not watching uh -huh. to see the movie they like win best picture. They're watching for the spectacle of it. Yeah. And you just took away the the biggest and most appealing part of the spectacle. Yeah. Yeah. And so by adding it back in and admittedly, yeah, you've got stuff like you've got somebody like Lady Gaga and a song that is itself already popular. Yeah. Which I think is actually the fact that they did not announce like Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. Instead, they just had those those chords, th they had yeah. the chords of the guitar just yeah. know. and admittedly I was in the other room and I heard those chords and Jen and I came running in cause we wanted to see it performed. Like it was everything about that moment was done just right. And I do hope that they, that they keep the musical performances in the future because yeah, it really, that is, I do think that that's, that's something that can keep, you know, checking in with the music and, and yeah. embracing the fact that this is a live event, uh -huh. you know, mm -hmm. with an audience. I, I feel like that's, that's the, the Oscars are never going to be saved and the way like people are talking about, but that makes it a show. It makes it Otherwise, a show. Otherwise it becomes an industry granted a very large and famous industry other, but like industry awards, like when your work yeah. does best employee of the month, you know, yeah. it's, it's what saves it from just being, Hazanas, as much, as much as we love Hazanas, um, that's what makes it a show. Yeah. Well, and I want to say, so obviously the Grammys and lots of music shows have big music stars performing, mm -hmm. you know, one of their hits or something like that. And it's like, you see the lineup and it's like 30 of them and you're like, <laughs> geez, this is overwhelming. But I think there's also something powerful about the music being connected to a narrative. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's connected to a story and maybe it's a story you've either seen or you've kind of heard about yeah. in some way or even if you haven't even seen Buster Scruggs, you know it's kind of a western. Yeah. And so boom, you're connected to cowboy mythology and and all of that. Yeah. And it just sort of draws you in in, in a way that just a song by itself might might not. Yeah. Um so I think that's sort of like the added layer. It's it's that blend of movies and music. Yeah, and those were I mean, I think we all those were like one of the those those two for me were two of the best highlights of tonight's show. Oh yeah, I think like, they that and like those and Olivia Coleman's speech. Yeah. And honestly, I mean, we all kind of I mean, we kind of made our jokes about she seemed to be rambling, but Barbara Streisand talking about Black Klansmen and she seemed to be speaking from the heart about mm -hmm. a film that really meant something to her and yeah. it felt real. And that's the thing is if the Oscars are supposed to be a celebration of film, it's so neat when you have an artist, you would never, I would never, I would never put Barbara Streisand and Spike Lee together in my mind. Yeah. But, but they're both from Brooklyn. They're yeah. both from Brooklyn and Spike Lee was very excited God, about that. Reaction, yeah. That was awesome. Um, and that's the thing is just, she was genuinely struck by his film and was taking this opportunity to, and it, it, admittedly she was introducing it, but yeah. also she really seemed to believe what she was yeah. saying. And that kind of raw admiration from one artist to another really struck it's me. Something, it's something we forget about. We think like once someone 
is solidified in our mind as an artist, mm-hmm. it's rare that we think of them as a fan or audience member. Yeah. It was one of the weirdest <laughs> things about Ready Player One because, like, I would see the, the trailers and, like, Chucky would show up and, like, I can't imagine steven spielberg watching child's play i can imagine steve spielberg <laughs> watching yeah. child's play one and maybe the one where they go to the toy factory at the end but it, it, i can't imagine like steven spielberg like watching um gundam or something like that but yeah. i don't know maybe yeah. it does and it's and when you when Alfonso Cuarón in one of his three speeches yeah. was talking about I mean he was making the joke about like I watched foreign films and the foreign the foreign films he watched were American films but like by the way he didn't mention Marooned which is in the movie the Gene Hackman movie <laughs> yes yeah. which was also an MST3K movie it's like it the right? biggest yeah. MST3 yeah, yeah. it's like the biggest uh, the only MST3K film to win an Oscar for like effects oh yeah yeah um, but like he mentioned. Citizen Kane and Jaws, like, and I know it sounds weird, but <laughs> okay, Th- this is gonna sound dumb and maybe even uh, a bit fanboyish, but like, I talk about Citizen Kane, I talk about Jaws, as as do you guys. Like, we sit and we talk about movies, and so to hear this guy who feels because he's now a two-time Oscar-winning director, it feels like no, he's beyond that. But in that moment, he's just he's just a guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's talking about it as he holds one of the Oscars he was going to win in in that night. Mm-hmm. But talking about his love of these movies that we like. Yeah. And that's something that I that I that I get from him, and certainly from somebody like Guillermo del Toro. Like sure, it's just yeah. nice when 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 you really get a sense that these that these artists are grateful to be part of this industry that had such an impact on their lives before mm-hmm. they they mm-hmm. did that uh, before they even got into it before they even thought that they could and so uh, stuff like that i really like and and stuff like again like the barbara streisand moment i really appreciated the, you know funny way that <laughs> olivia coleman shouts out yeah uh well first uh just the way that she's shouting out like lady gaga and everybody yeah. <laughs> at the end it's just lovely like she is it was like if it, uh you know anyone on the street was picked up and uh landed there on the oscar stage yeah granted if someone you know had done you know 30 years of wonderful it's, work on shows like Rock Church and that, Doctor Who. Yeah, like these people don't work in an office together. Mm. Even though they're they're all a part of the cinema culture that we think of as like yeah. one thing, Olivia Coleman's experience of being an actress yeah. is extremely different yeah. from the career that Glenn Close has had. Yeah. And, you know, she's seen Glenn Close throughout the years. Yeah. And and this is not nothing against Glenn Close. It's not as likely Glenn Close is going, oh, I'm following this actress, Olivia Coleman. She's now in this. Right. She's now, you know, it just that that's just the way it works. And so there's something wonderful about Olivia Coleman sort of it's almost like she turns around and discovers, oh, I'm a I, I'm a part of the same thing. Yeah. I'm a, I'm not separate. I probably felt separate because it was mostly in England, but we are I am a part of the same thing you're a part of. Yeah. yeah. She, she's, that's the power it's she's invited really cool. to the table she, she and holds, Regina she King holds, too Regina yeah. uh, great yeah, yeah. Fan, it's so easy to forget that first speech of yeah, the night the, because it feels like for, it was three days ago yeah. now but great opening speech yeah very happy for her her performance is great you mentioned wonderful. it wonderful yeah yeah 
Yeah. So I think overall the ceremony was was interesting. I'm I'm curious to know if they're what they're gonna do next year as far as hosts, if they're still gonna pursue one or maybe they decide they don't need one. Um, now maybe I see, a musical host, a host that can also do music. Like Hugh, also, like Hugh Jackman. So, well, yeah, I guess that's what they did with Hugh Jackman. But someone who's also like a singer. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, Jason, I see you've got a list of notes there. Is there anything else that you wanted to hit on it? Well, certainly, I'm happy for Free Solo. Sure. Sure. Great documentary. Yeah. So I'm I'm happy that one. Um, I was a little concerned at the beginning. Some of the speeches, there was a lot of like silence in the speeches. Yeah, it was, like, was kind of awkward. It, uh, yeah. These people aren't paid to talk. No, they're yeah. not. Um, so, so and I was, someone should uh, remind them of that. <laughs> that's right. I'm glad it, they found their footing. Uh, Melissa McCarthy and was it Brian Tyree? Yeah. 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 Oh, my God. That was fantastic. And yeah. how one of the great redemption stories of this year is Melissa McCarthy and puppets. Because <laughs> it had maybe one of its lowest points, yeah. the it Happy did, Time yeah. Murders. And now to see her with a puppet again yeah, and it making America laugh. It's redeemed. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I will say that uh, one of the, it's, it's nice to watch even just these very short clips. Mm-hmm. Um, that clip of her in, in uh, Can You Ever Forgive Me? I just... I've been thinking so much about Richard E. Grant yeah. from that movie. Then you see that clip and you're like, man, she's, she's, she's great, great in that. Yeah. And, like, and kind of doing stuff. I don't know. She's been dramatic before. Yeah. And does do some good dramatic stuff on, you know, Gilmore Girls, yeah. uh, where I think a lot of us first saw her. But that is a, um, it's a type of character. One, you don't see in film that much, period. Yeah. This very, clearly very smart person, but, but, is uh, getting in their own way in all kinds of ways um, to play both those sides of that character. Something you don't yeah. see from her a lot. And it was such a wonderful thing to to get yeah. to experience. And even that, I haven't seen the wife, but that clip made me want to. Yeah, you know, because you love you love Christian Slater. I do. You, know, like, you yeah. saw Rami Malek all over the place. And it's like, where is Mister Robot? Or is he, as we were told, really his worst enemy? Remember that? That was a show before Mr. Robot. Oh, that's right. What Here's the thing. Was that? My, wait, wait, my worst sh- enemy, which was, was my, not my about worst enemy. the song by Lit. <laughs> I know that was your next question. <laughs> it was. Here's the thing. That was I my can't, first question. I, I bumped it. My gift and my curse. I can't forget anything. If it's advertised to me, I never forget it. Which I guess is the point of advertising, but it's yeah. like but there's wait, a lot of things I that are advertised. I don't know what my own worst enemy was about. It was a show. He's a spy. And he is also like a Jekyll and Hyde, like the bad spy. Yeah. Who he's also a, a, the double agent, but he doesn't know. I think. Uh, okay. Yeah. I I had that doctor show. What's the doctor show with the hands for the? Uh, do no harm. Do no harm. Yeah. There the fellow is. from Rescue yeah. Me. Yeah. The mom from Cosby Show was his okay. boss in it, and uh, wow. Sam Levine from Freaks and Geeks was also in it. Wow. But uh, he As was, was terrible... Manuel Miranda, I think. Yes, he was. In, like yeah. yeah, he was in like a scene. Yeah. Anyway, okay, moving so, on. So I got that. Um, do, 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 do. Oh, I wanted to say, so I didn't see the very first moment. So just I just want to walk. Someone walk me through it because I have a, a, a larger point to make. So 
The show opens and they just walk on stage and start doing no, Queen. No, Queen. Queen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. It's just, just what they no do. one said that it's weird that they didn't have like announcers. I mean, they had announcers when people want to yeah. say like, this is their second Oscar or whatever. But they didn't have people going like, ladies and gentlemen, Queen. It was just. Bom, just bom, bom, yeah. bom, bom, bom. Okay. <laughs> There's something. It's funny. So, you're a poor man. What is that? How's that go? I don't know. You know. I'm just thinking of a couple years ago when Justin Timberlake opened the show. Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah, With the song from Trolls. Yeah. Uh, Mere weeks after performing at the Super Bowl. That's right. At the halftime of the greatest comeback in Super Bowl history. That's neither here nor there. Timberlake was running dry that year. (laughs) (laughs) But no, like, do you remember how they did it? Yeah, he's just coming in from the audience. Yeah. Yeah, he started like outside the theater and then yeah. went in, and it sort of was this dynamic, awesome way of opening the show. If you're going to open it with music, that's how you do it. That's why I was so confused of like, wait, so we're just like, you're just going to do it? There's like, yeah. I, you, you need a little bit of fanfare. Yeah. A little what bit of fanfare pers- is better than. Bom, 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 bom. <laughs> I want a song that people can. Cheer in the stands. That's what Brian, he said. I want a song that will make me money. I'm like, what? <laughs> in so the movie, so they're can... like, now our songs are really. We our audience loves to interact with us. We've got to get a song where they can participate. Do this. Uh, do, do, just do this for me. Bonk 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 bonk. Hey, what are you guys doing in there? Oh, get up here. I was just, I was just, just try something. They, how deep in the catalog do they go? Do they go in the songs that Freddie didn't sing? I don't. Do they do like that I'm in love with my car? Uh, Which is actually a, not there's a, bad a song. reference. Oh, yeah, there's boy. a reference to what's going to be the first single. And they're like, it's not going to be the song about you, you being in love with your car. What a weird That's song. That's a fine song. <laughs> I like it. Roger Taylor's not a bad singer. I, I, I don't care. All right. I don't How's care the guy who played way? John Deacon? Who's not in Queen anymore either, but he's still alive. I don't remember. It's they just, don't a, go it's about just bom, about bom, Freddie Mercury, bom, man. Bom, 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 bom. But they all wrote songs. I'm sure. I know they did. Folks, there's so many <laughs> great Queen songs that are not get it. Look, the, the singles. The, the singles. Be, the movie Bohemian Dragon Rhapsody. Attack? Do they go in a Flash Gordon? Listen very carefully. <laughs> whatever your concerns are, whatever interest you may have about the band Queen, Bohemian Rhapsody is the wrong movie to seek out. It does. It seems like as, as someone who's a Queen fan. Do they go like over like Highlander? I'm, I'm done with these fucking questions. <laughs> this is going to be an hour long podcast about or an hour long diversion about Queen. The answer is no. Yeah. Is it about Freddie Mercury? Then maybe they do it. But they do it poorly. Is it Freddie Mercury being like, oh, am I big enough? Am I like, am I a big enough star? And then, oh, people leave me. But then I love this person. But then I don't know who I am. But then music. That's what the movie is. It's, just, it's not him going like, oh, they want me for Flash Golden, but not for Empire Strikes Back. I don't remember that part. But I also was just hoping that it would be over sooner. So the I may have missed the, the score. Listen, a better use of Queen in a movie is Flash Gordon, which is a great movie. First of all, I will say it's clunky as hell. Yes, but I think it's legitimately great. And their score is awesome. Did you see Flash Gordon? Sam J. Jones. Yes, I have. It is a wonder. <laughs> it's a great film. Tyler, Brian you Blast. sound thrilled about it. I'm just it's fun. It's always fun to watch Ian have a passionate conversation and a defiant one 
that only he is a part of. I feel like I'm and the I don't only one here. This, I don't just mean this room. Who appreciates. I mean nationwide. Who? I know statistically, we've got 330 million people in this country. I know statistically, there probably is somebody else right now talking about the film Flash Gordon. And yet, I would bet my house and my wife that no one is having this conversation right now. And by the way, when I say right now, I don't mean just right now at the moment of recording. I mean, anytime someone might be listening to this, no one is talking about Flash Gordon. I also like that you've pretty much acknowledged that Bohemian Rhapsody probably wasn't a very good movie. And now you're because it doesn't go for Flash Gordon. And now you're incredulous about all the things the movie didn't do, which would have made it a more interesting movie that you know it wasn't. Christopher Lambert Bear is in the video for Princes of the Universe. I don't know what the fuck to tell you, man. You're looking in the wrong place. I should be able to see stuff about the Queen video for Princes of the Universe, the single off of the soundtrack for Highlander. I suppose theoretically you should, but Brian Singer wasn't interested in that. He apparently wasn't interested in anything that's (laughs) under the age of 18, which Christopher Lambert is very much over the age of 18. We've joked a lot about different podcasts and Folks, I'm going to give you a little peek behind the scenes. They're not actually going to happen. Don't go to stamps.com. <laughs> Certainly not to put in our code or really for any reason. Um, because I don't get the whole, like, you have to flag down your mail carrier. That part always weirded me out. It, they never quite explained how it worked there. I once used them for a project and it was more complicated and worse. That's right. I'll say it. Stamps.com. They don't sponsor this podcast. It's barely the one they don't. And I guess they them. never will, but, yeah. Tyler. So here's the thing. Until you're one bought by ABC. I don't think I could actually fake one, enthusiasm for stamps.com. One podcast that I actually could imagine myself doing is doing those minute-by-minute podcasts that they do about Star Wars when they're not making... You guessed it, folks. Hour-long videos about <laughs> how bad Star Wars is. They're also doing minute-by-minute minute, um, podcasts about Star Wars, Back to the Future, whatever. I would do a minute-by-minute. Minute, Bohemian uh, Rhapsody. No, okay. about Flash Gordon. Mike Hodges' 1980 Flash Gordon, not the sci-fi TV show. From so, That would be ridiculous. Years. No. <laughs> or the Buster Crab uh, serials from the 30s. Now, based on my previous comment... <laughs> How many people do you think would listen to that show? A lot of people like Flash Gordon. A lot of people like the 1980 Flash Gordon. That's a different... It does have Max von Sydow as a merciless statement than trivia. watch your What movie was I watching when I learned that Osama Bin Laden was killed? Gosh, I hope it was Flash Gordon. (laughs) (laughs) I was in the New Beverly. It was a double feature of Conan the Barbarian and Flash Gordon. In between, check my phone, see what's going on with the world, and I saw a uh, startling picture. This night shouldn't be a total waste. I'll check. I'll check. It's like, oh, could this day get even better? Guess what? It did. (laughs) Okay, what what else do you have written there, Jason? Uh, The only other thing I've got is that there was. I want to. I want to bring people into our Oscar party for a moment. Okay, we we had a lot of discussion about. Okay, what narrative is going to be the path up the mountain to best picture. Yeah. And the moment that Roma won best foreign film, I called it out and I wrote it yeah. down. I said, that's it. Green Book is winning best picture. Ugh. Yeah. When my, I just, still, I knew it. They weren't, yeah. I just had this instinct yeah. and, and a lot of other pundits have had this. So I sort of read, 
sort of took them into account and sort of agreed with them um, that it wasn't going to get both foreign and picture. If they were going to go with the first foreign language film to win Best Picture, they would have spread the wealth a little bit and given something else. Cold War would have gotten foreign That's what I think. Yeah. Yeah. My my brother-in-law actually was uh, entering into an Oscar pool, but he doesn't know anything about the Oscars, so he just called me yesterday. Uh And so he was asking, like, okay, so what do you think is going to get this or this or this? And I said, are you able to bet as you go? And he said, no. I was like, that is unfortunate because... I said, whatever, like if Roma gets foreign film, it won't get picture. Uh-huh. So if it get if it goes to Cold War, then Roma will get best picture. Uh, and then once it won foreign film, it's like, I guess there's the possibility that it could get both, but that seems so unlikely. And that is not how the Oscars work. Yeah. I mean, I honestly, I'm of the beast thinks it, like as long, in my opinion, as long as there is a foreign film, animated film, documentary feature none of those will ever win best picture huh that is my opinion because there's just too clear of another category for them yes yeah um nothing that's the thing is like nothing will ever i don't think anything okay i i might have overstated it certainly won't win both nothing will ever like there might be a day when an animated film wins best picture but it will not win picture and animated film. Like they, the right, Oscars yeah. like to spread things out a bit where they can. Yeah. And so, yeah. yeah and so it was just interesting going. And, and so then at, after, after I said that, then I was like, oh, well, maybe it'll be even worse. And Bohemian Rhapsody will win picture. Yeah. Because it seemed like, you know, even though it didn't get a screenplay, you know, gosh, it's like an acting win and a screenplay win. Editing win. It won editing. No, 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 two- sorry. I meant oh. I meant for Green Book. It's like that. Oh, yeah. That is plenty to set you up for best picture. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, so acting and some technical stuff is that enough? Where the there's no filmmaker really that's that's sort yeah. of getting um, the credit for the film yeah. other than the actor. It just that that usually doesn't happen or it hasn't happened a lot recently. The thing that I was clinging to as far as Green Book not winning Best Picture is that the only thing it, it was guaranteed was supporting actor. And historically, the Oscars don't like to give Best Picture to something that they've only given one other Oscar to. So to me, yeah. I was still like I was on the fence and then it won screenplay. I'm like, okay, that's them yeah. deciding, okay, we're, we're getting all our ducks in a row so that it can win picture. And then the interesting thing was, you know, it wins screenplay, and it's like, whoa, that's very startling. And all of its momentum is immediately captured when Spike Lee wins 20 seconds later. Yeah. 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 Um, what did you guys think of Spike Lee's speech? I have... It was Spike Lee. It was. It's also it was very the Spike first Lee. time. Yeah, sure. You know, it's weird. He's won this lifetime Oscar, but this is his first in competition win. Yeah. 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 He gave it his all. You yeah. never thought he was like, "I'm here," and he said, "Do the right thing." Like he, when he said, "Do the right thing," he said, "You know, I had to do that. I can't yeah. feel that way about everything." Yeah. Whether it's getting political or or whatever, he's like, yeah. You know, I he you got to take your shot when you got it. I mean, how many? Times apparently Olivia Coleman thinks she's never going to win another Oscar. I think I loved his energy, and I think I liked most of the content of what he said. 
but I was having a hard time following. Yeah, him. it re- it's weird. Given that he was actually reading something, I was it's like, just like, where are you? I, I, yeah. I couldn't. I couldn't track with him. He, Did you spill a drink on your notes? Right. Because when you're reading something, that's that's almost a guarantee that you're going to be completely co- you know cohesive. Yeah. Uh, Coherent, pardon me. Uh, but there were moments where it just seemed like he was trying to say so much so fast. That's it. I think yeah. he was trying to say so much. Yeah. And so am I, well, he was sort of drawing a parallel between 400 years ago and now and yeah. sort of walking through his family history. It yeah, yeah. Sounded a little, like, though, yeah. Which, I love that. Yeah. I wish it had been, this is weird, I, like, I wish it had been, like, better performed because that could have been yeah. even more powerful. I, ca- I, I spent so much of his speech, probably until the last 20 seconds, like struggling to follow him. I wonder if his excitement and our excitement for him sort of all yeah. just kind of created a little snowball. The thing that got me was like how much fun he, like we saw him on the red carpet. It was fun when he's like in the audience talking to Sam Jackson or, uh-huh. or, or Barbara oh, Streisand. Oh, Sam Jackson's response. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was awesome. Like, and the thing that, one of my takeaways here, which it shouldn't have been given Black Klansman. When I think of Spike Lee as a person, frankly, I tend to think of somebody that is remarkably humorous and a bit reactionary. Um, did I say humorless? Humorless? Yeah. Humorless. As a, as a person. Sorry. Humorless. I tend to think of him as humorless because usually when I when I hear him, he's weighing in on something political, and then but then when I think about his movies, yeah. I was like, right, he's funny. He can be a very funny person. Yeah, and and the way that that he was like in the audience reacting to things, it's just like, man, Spike Lee's a lot of fun. I really enjoy him. Yeah, um, and I love that he's wearing the love and hate rings, uh, yeah. though admittedly on the wrong hands. Um, <laughs> love should be on the right hand and hate on the left, but whatever. Uh, and so, yeah, it's just in that, in that moment, but, I, and I, I, I was all ready for like a really impassioned and it was impassioned, but I was it really, was, yeah. I was ready for like an eloquent, angry speech. Uh, and it wasn't particularly eloquent and I really, I was, I was wanting more from it than, than we got. I though I did, I, though I did yeah. like the moment at the end. Yes. Yeah. Where he says, do the right thing. Yeah. Um, Folks, you should do the right thing and watch Do the Right Thing. That's true. On Blu-ray, Criterion. It just got. Did it just get a Criterion release? Did or? it? Okay. It was a while ago. It was a little while ago, but yeah. You should there. also do the right thing, and, and if Bohemian Rhapsody is not going to go over it, watch Mike Hodge's 1980 masterpiece, Flash Gordon. I think I was too young to understand it as a masterpiece. I listen, There's no other movie like it. Well, it's, that's... Okay, hang it's on. It's one of those movies that? where... Yeah. Yeah, it may not be good, but it's great. <laughs> <laughs> when you're watching, you know, Brian Blessed when and all you his have Blessed your podcast ways. network, that should be that should be the moment. Oh yeah. That's the tagline. There is something to be said for that. The idea yeah. of a movie being it's not it's not good, but it's it's great. It's beyond good and evil. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Although I feel that's maybe where we get these middling uh, kind of middle brow films where like yeah. like Green Book and Bohemian Rhapsody where where it's like, well, there's a lot of problems, but I felt good at the end. And I don't know. 
Maybe that's the only time people feel good these days. See, that's the opposite. Me. That's eh, it's not great, but it's good. Yeah. Or what I you're think talking so about great, is yeah. something that is so singular. Yes. So of so itself. Yes. That there's nothing like. There's a hundred movies Listen, like Green Mike Book. Mike Hodges, who did you know? <laughs> tell Get me. Carter, yeah. Tell me. He should look not at the have, interest my face is conveying. He should not have made a sci-fi movie. I don't know what Dino De Laurentiis, who also <laughs> has a Lifetime Oscar. Although his lifetime has ended, I don't know if he had to give it back. Uh, <laughs> what he was thinking when he gave they Mike snatch Hodges it out of his widow's hand, out of his cold dead yes. hand. It's called a lifetime Oscar. Clearly, you signed. Time's up. We got to give this to someone else. Yeah, we only have the money for like seven of them. <laughs> if why he chose Mike Hodges, but he did. They brought in a lot of great British Timothy Dalton before he was Bond, Brian Blessed. You know, is Sam J. Jones dubbed the entire way? Yes, but it's great. Richard O'Brien from oh um, Rocky uh, Horror, Rocky Horror, and yeah. Shock Treatment has this. He's almost like Lobot from uh, Empire Strikes Back in it. Oh yeah, okay. It is great. And Max Vancito is great. As a character named Ming the Merciless. That's right. And Peter Wingard, one of our great British actors, you don't see his face at all. He's in this Doctor Doom mask, but he is, his voice is wonderful. Now, if I promise that I will watch it, will you stop talking about it? No. Not just. <laughs> Here's the thing. You'll never stop talking about it. This isn't like another movie that Queen did the music for, Highlander, which is perfectly... I love. I also love that movie too, but it's not Flash Gordon. That's something. It is nuts. You know right. who should have directed Flash Gordon? I don't. Is someone who worked on the Flash Gordon comic strip, who translated it from English to Italian. That's the person I would choose. Fred Fellini. You know that was his job. <laughs> that was his job before he was a director. He translated Flash Gordon to Italian newspapers. Oh, good God. Every year that we do this, I tell myself, all right, this, never again. This, like, we're talking about one thing, which is the Oscars. Yeah. How, it's not going to be hard to keep us on track. Isn't the Oscars a celebration of movies? <laughs> what am I not celebrating? It's not film. That's this true. is called a trap. Yeah, you this know what? I trap. feel like, I think this cheese looks pretty good. <laughs> I think I'm going to. We are celebrating movies, and I can't. I'm being serious. I can't. That movie does not go over them working on Flash Gordon at all. Just going bump, 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 bump. Flash, savior of the universe. <laughs> what other chance that movie they're going to talk about anyone who saved the universe? <laughs> Highlander didn't even save the universe. You're setting up off these, some other dudes. You're setting up these really specific <laughs> questions that really only have the one answer you want. There's yeah, and no also, other chance to make a movie about the people who did the yeah. music for Flash Gordon. It is almost as though uh, Bohemian Rhapsody made a bunch of wrong choices. Uh, apparently. Hmm. You know who doesn't make wrong choices? Flash Gordon. <laughs> could have taken up. You don't save two. the universe by making wrong That's choices. That's true. That's right. They could have. Uh, he, you know, wasn't great the whole time. Had to be slapped around a bit by uh, uh, Timothy Dalton's the Prince of the Trees, his character. Well, we all need that from the, the King of the Hawkmen, Brian Blessed. Yeah. Every new thing you say about, and I've seen Flash Gordon, but I was a kid and didn't totally understand it. Um, 
you, you understood it. <laughs> yeah. you understood. <laughs> to the degree it can be understood. Yeah. yeah. Um, it could be argued that I understand understood it more then than I would ever Were you now. because you're a kid and a child of the 90s that it wasn't like Defenders of the Earth? What? Which is... <laughs> Wait, you didn't watch Defenders of the Earth growing up? The other show, the cartoon show with Flash Gordon and Ming the Merciless, but also their kids? No. 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 What? Wait. What are you talking about? Defenders of the Earth was a 90s cartoon show. Okay. You've just said wait as if it was a foregone conclusion. <laughs> I thought that would be a thing. As someone who grew up watching, you, know, you, watch, you grew up watching like Ghostbusters, Ninja Turtles. Yeah. All those shows. That was a yeah. show that was in that block or not block, but like in that. I have no memory of it all. On. It's probably on after, I don't know, the Toxic Crusader show. I watched oh, yeah. a little bit of that. Yeah. But it never Defenders of the Earth? No. Where Flash Gordon and his son... Is that the one with Captain Planet? No, that's Captain he's Planet. He's the hero, yeah. and he's going to take pollution down to zero. Is that uh, the one? That's defending, the, I that. mean, that's defending the Earth. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's yeah. That's but they were, they Are you talking about the Planeteers? No. Okay. I'm talking about the Defenders of the Earth. Okay. Who fight Ming the Merciless. And that also would, you the have main, the, main the Phantom Leonardo, and Phantoms. Raphael, no. Donatello. No, this I, is, I don't know the this is uh, all your famous famous comic strip characters of the 30s now have a <laughs> 90s television show. So you have uh, the Phantom. You have okay, the, the ghost that walks. You have the magician dude. Um, <laughs> is that his character's name? <laughs> Whatever, like the... <laughs> I think that's, what, also the, I think their that's kids. what the writers of the, the show kids, said. Like Flash Gordon's Who else I got in this show? I don't know. Whatever. The, magician dude. the Phantom's Put daughter. Uh, so all their kids. I think I know the show you're talking about. It's the one that goes, da la la na na da la la na na That's the one, right? <laughs> no. It's about this team defending the earth, right? Nope. Oh, damn. All right. That is, I believe... And, and when, when evildoers come around, they're like, no. And they put like an X up. Exactly. It's like, ah, uh, no X. Yeah. We're gonna yeah. X you out. X you out. Ming the merciless. Yeah. By the way, Timothy of magnetism. If you could bring, uh, if you do a crossover between X Men and Flash Gordon, how great would that be? I don't know. <laughs> Ming the merciless is on Asteroid M. I'll say every minute we talk about this adds a year to when I will watch it, <laughs> and <laughs> takes away a year from my life. <laughs> right. <laughs> Is and at this point, boy, I hope we're to now. I, I would say this. I would much rather talk about Flash Gordon than Green Book. Uh, fair enough. Yeah. 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 It really, to get us, uh, to get us back to that. And I think we'll, we will, we will end with this. Um, you know, I, I, before we started recording, I was reflecting on like, okay, this, this, this marks the, the end of our battleship pretension end of year coverage for 2018. It always ends with the Oscar show. Um, and it it feels like it goes on. I enjoy it, but it often, but like, I mean, we're almost to March now. So like we start covering end of year stuff from December until now. Um, so I'm actually kind of ready to make the transition into 2019, even though we've been into it for two months. So. It's the film version of doing your taxes. Like you start at the kinda, end of the yeah. year and you're just uh-huh. going up to like yeah. spring to be like, Oh, what did I do? And that's the thing. Uh, 
the Green Book winning Best Picture means I'm being audited. All right, because it's one of those things like it goes, it's it's leading up to this. And don't get me wrong, best picture, who cares? I mean, it's important, but at the same time, yeah. like historically, we look back at and we remember the movies that we remember. We don't necessarily yeah, remember right. what won best picture, but to have all to to lead this lead up to best picture, excuse me, best picture Green Book, it is just such a oh, all right. It's just such a shrug of a decision. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that's, you know, and I guess, you know what? It's extremely, like, okay, Shape of Water is not the most daring choice. Right. But it's a twist on a fairy tale. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's something new. Certainly Moonlight is much more daring. Yeah. And so it's like, we're... I think a lot of us, especially those of us who've been watching the Oscars and who are really, really involved in film, we're ready to make that next step where things like Moonlight could win more often. And so this sort of feels like, wow, I didn't realize we were going to go. And and Roma would have been that. Would have been been a step. Oh, oh, God, yeah, Yeah. the favorite. Was that your favorite movie of the year? No, Annihilation. It oh, was Annihilation. my favorite right. of all those movies that were nominated. Yeah, uh, the favorite was my favorite movie of last yeah. year, so I was ecstatic for Olivia Coleman. Yeah, and just for the movie that it. And also, it got, let's be honest, like that a comedy got that far. Yeah, I mean, people talk about it, like comedies don't usually get that far. That I mean, the favorite yeah. first and foremost, I do think is. It's comedy. Pretty, we we think of it that way. Yeah, it's dark. But that's it, the thing. It is. It's a dark. comedy, but it is also. It's not a pure. It's not a pure comedy, you know. Like, it is a period piece dealing with royalty with deeper themes, and it's darker. Like, it is tremendously funny, and I'm yeah. willing to see it as a comedy. Yeah. But when we say like, oh, a comedy doesn't usually get that far, it's like, well, it does when it's about the queen, right? You Game know? night didn't get that Game far. Game night did not get that far. Um, but uh, so I think we were ready for <laughs> yeah. something like Roma. To kind of continue yeah. to usher in that next wave of what a best picture winner could be, and this—I I don't want to say it's necessarily a step backward, um, but it was just really safe. It's the idea of like you know, Roma is what a best picture winner could be. Yeah, Green Book mm-hmm. is what a best picture winner is. Yeah, um, often is. And yeah. and I will say that actually Green Book. <laughs> As eager as I was to be done with 2018, Green Book winning means that probably for the next week, we're still we're just going to keep having the conversation. If it if it had been Roma, again, I think I would I would have preferred the favorite. But if it had been Roma, then it's like, all right, that is the capper to the 2018 conversation. We all thought it was going to win. It did win. All right. Mm-hmm. But it being Green Book is like, all right, for another it, the conversation has been extended for the next week or so as we all talk about what what, a, what a dumb choice yeah. that is. The groundhog has seen his shadow. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah. And he saw a green book and he went back down <laughs> his hole immediately <laughs> to see what's on Netflix. He's like, oh, I heard Russian Doll's good. I, I'm like, okay, do I... You know, do I want to go ahead and see it on principle of seeing the best picture winner? It's just yeah. out of curiosity. It's, I don't really. I couldn't care less. I don't need to see. I don't need another mediocre movie with two good performances in my life. Yeah, and my life doesn't lack that. Yeah, and I do think that it. The performances are strong enough. And again, looking at it a certain way, looking at it as a fun buddy comedy. Uh huh. It's worth it if you look at it that way. Yeah. But now that it has been 
it's been decided that the best this is the thing that I sometimes have to remind myself. Yeah. The Academy has just said that of all the movies that came out in 2018, by far the best of the bunch was Green Book. Like, if you look at it that way, of course it's not worth your time. Right. But if you just see it, like, imagine it wasn't nominated for anything. Uh-huh. It's in, that makes it better. Right. It, you know, yeah, yeah, but yeah. because now it has because all this it, weight on yeah, it. Because it would see itself more clearly in terms yeah. of how good it is. That's, yeah. I get, I'm so with you. I'd say if you just, if you, like, if you watch it on the principle that it's a best picture winner, eh. But yeah. if you look at, if you look at it as... Oh, I hear it's actually a pretty pleasant comedy with these two good performances. You're good. Now, is there any, if I can take a global view and ask you this question, uh, is there any validity to uh, the Academy being less concerned with uh, audiences like the three of us who are going to be engaged with the Oscars, who are going to go see movies, the interesting movies, and more thinking about um, what could be a movie that could be a gateway to eventually something like do the right thing. Could Green Book be that sort of movie? Maybe they go Green Book and they go, wow, that was really interesting. That's, you know, I'm now I'm thinking about these themes. Maybe, oh, hey, this movie 12 Years a Slave from a couple years back. Wow, that's, oh, okay, that's taking it even further. And, and now they sort of start going down. Is there any validity to that? I, I can see where someone could think that. Far too wishful thinking. I think it's wishful thinking. I think the nature of Green Book and the way that it deals with its issues uh-huh. is very open and shut. It's very huh. it's very problem solved, wipe you know, wipe your hands, moving on to the right. next thing. Uh-huh. Not like, oh, this has opened my eyes about race. I'm now curious to see 12 years a slave do right. the right thing in the heat of the night I, black Klansman, even you know even this year yeah like i'm curious to see those this has put me in the mood for movies that are much more intense about this right. very yeah. thing if anything it's a gateway to driving miss daisy <laughs> <laughs> and i'm not even joking when i say that um so yeah i i do think that yeah. it's that is the that is the detriment of the film is that when it comes right down sure. to it it's not just a, a buddy comedy Uh it does have deeper pretensions and i think it mostly fails on that in that regard um so you know yeah like it's worth seeing if you look at it a certain way but as you're watching it you will know the film doesn't see itself that way you know i mean in talking with my students i've been talking about like it's important to look at the direct try to determine the director's intention and then judge the movie based on that. And so judging Green Book based on what I know the director's intention is based on the what he has said, but also the film itself, I think it fails. Hmm. So anyway, okay, we will end it there. This has been long. And strong. So anyway, <laughs> uh, I wish this were a video for that. That was a fun take I just did, right, right Ian? <laughs> I mean, not as good as the take that Brian Blessed did in the 1980 film Flash Gordon when he learns that Gordon's alive. Did it say it like that? Yeah, it's one of the best moments in the 20th century, not even 20th century film. Put up oh, there with that wow. moon business. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> ask not what your country can do for you. Ask yeah. what you can do for your country. Gordon's alive. Yeah. That was the British version of JFK. <laughs> winning his election. That's how I like to remember JFK winning, not the 
Dallas horribleness. <laughs> yeah, not just the the downbeat stuff. Ugh. Oh, sad ending. That's just one bad day. Can you imagine though. if they made a... Well, they <laughs> yeah, had lots of good days. That was just yeah. one bad yeah. day. Yeah. We all have bad days. Sure. <laughs> That's true. That Lee Harvey fellow should have kept a lid on it. <laughs> That's what I say. What a bad character that was. You're going out on a limb. You're getting divisive. <laughs> I'm going to say nope. Lee Harvey Oswald, thumbs down. <laughs> Not a fan. And if he did have help, oh, better hope I don't meet him in a dark alley. <laughs> Or you yes. will talk you them might to bore death. them to death <laughs> with talk of Flash Gordon, a movie that stopped being relevant the moment it was made. It did not do well, unfortunately. <laughs> Which is a shame. 1980 was a big, big, crazy year. Big, crazy year for a lot of sci fi stuff, too. Oh, man. Okay, so uh, I will say <sighs> that. Um, uh, this was a lot of fun. Thank you guys, as always, for being here. I hope the listeners, if any if of them are still it, here. If they can make, if they can power through. Yeah. I will say Gosh. that um, if you do want to check out our end of the year coverage, you can go to battleshippretention.com. You will see the official Battleship Pretension top 10. You will see our bottom 10. Uh, the BP... Uh, the BP's ceremony is uh, available for $1.50 in which David Scott and myself talk about uh, the winners of the BP's uh, but if you are one of our Patreon subscribers then the ceremony is free for you um, and then uh, I think that is about it so uh, you can find all of that at battleshippretension.com so if you hey just because we ended our coverage doesn't mean you have to there are plenty of articles and plenty of things to listen to uh, so if you haven't already feel free to do that so anyway in the meantime uh, thank you Ian thank you Jason yep. thank you for listening at home we'll get you next time bye This program is a proud member of the Battleship Pretension Fleet.